ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Calvary. Thank you, Lord, because it's only by you that we are 
here today. And Lord, we pray and we proclaim and decree, Lord, that we will take your word to the ending of the world, that we will we will change this world upside down for you. And Lord, we love you so much and we thank you again and we commit to you this time and we pray, Lord, that your angels will be watching over us, that we will be covered with your blood and that nothing will stop us. Thank you so much, Jesus. It's in your name we prayed. Amen. And amen. Again, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to a live program tonight. This is Omega Man Radio, and I have a special guest on tonight, Trezor Yinye. Now, Trezor, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. Well, you did the American version. <laughs> Praise God. Now, you speak multiple languages. Uh, what languages do you speak, and how many? Well, I speak French and six African languages. Wow. Uh, so uh, all I can say, uh, folks, is parlez vous français. Um, I forgot yeah. all my French, Trezor. You do have a very good accent in French, I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. Trezor, um, when I had an opportunity to meet you back on Thanksgiving, um, yes. we got to know each other, and I find out that uh, you have written a book called yes. Journey into the Heart of Darkness. Uh, tell us about the book and uh, share with the listeners out there uh, your testimony. Yes, well, the the book is actually very linked to my my testimony. Um, of course, in the book, I was trying to to shift the focus from my own life to the life of the people I I ministered to, and. Um, I'll have to talk about it, kind of bringing the two together. Um, around in when I finished high school in the Congo, the Lord opened the door for me to come to Bible College in America, and I came to of all places, Joplin, Missouri. I, the Lord knew what He was doing, and so after I got here, the Lord, the Lord really started putting inside my heart to go back home. And it was not really the best time to to go home because of of all the violence and and all the instability that Congo had. For those who don't know, uh, Congo has been under unrest for for years, and the conflict has claimed now they say up to five million lives. And so it was it's not the safest place to go. But the Lord was telling me to go back to the Congo, not just in the capital city of Kinshasa, but to go all the way to the mountains of the, of eastern Congo. And so while I was there, the Lord really opened up to me what he, what kind of work he wanted me to do. And so I, I, I met a lot of war victims, uh, child soldiers, rape victims, refugees, AIDS orphans, and it's the book is actually their story and my story and God's story. So I have to say that the book is about him, them, and me because it's really what the Lord did during that time and it's, and, and it's all for his glory that these people whose who, who stories are in the book uh, their lives have been changed and I felt there was a duty for me to tell their story and I just want to point out one specific instance that really led me to to read the to, to write the book is 
before I left, there was a lady. Um, uh, you can stop me if I'm talking too much. Oh, no, but, uh, you know, this is great. But before you go there, I want to just uh, give some people some perspective. Now, uh, where is Rwanda in relation to the Congo? Is that inside the Republic of Congo? No, Rwanda is east of the Congo, yes. Okay. And um, you came originally from Republic of Congo. Yes. Uh, were you born there in Congo? Yes, I was born there. I was born in a small city called Bukavu, which is at the border of Rwanda. Okay. And I'm I'm kind of from I like to say I'm from everywhere in Congo because I grew up in the southern part of Congo, then moved to the center. And when I graduated from high school, it was from the western side. And my mom is from the north. My dad is from the center, so I cover the entire place. Okay, so Congo is bordered uh, by Rwanda, and what's on the uh, the other border of Congo? Congo has nine bordering bordering countries. Wow. So you, yes, you have you have Rwanda, you have Burundi, you have uh, Uganda, Sudan, uh, all these hot spots in Africa. Actually, Angola, um, the Central African Republic. Uh, Zambia, uh, Tanzania, you have all these countries around Congo. Okay, so with so many countries bordering Congo, up to nine, um, it's very easy to see that if there was a conflict in any of those bordering countries, it could easily spill over into the border of Congo. uh, And I guess um, you actually got to see it with your own eyes. Uh, People are seeing movies today about Rwanda. You experienced some of that, is that right? Yes, well, the the conflict in Rwanda actually. Those who have seen those who have seen the the movie Hotel Rwanda, um, I usually use that to kind of give them a perspective on what happened in the Congo. Well, in the movie, uh, at the end, the 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 Hutus are fleeing from their country and going to another country. The country they are going to is is the Congo. And all of a sudden, a million uh, Rwandese crossed the border, and that that event in in '94 really put Congo into into a bad shape, and that's really set the stage to almost everything that's happening today. Yes. So uh, in your time there, you got to see uh, see a lot. Unfortunately, yes. I know you saw a lot of um, death and and destruction that even still is with you today. Uh, so I just yes. wanted to give a little perspective on the, the, the location of Congo. Um, now let's go back to the story that you were going to share. Take us back to um, one of the um, the things that you talk about in your book. Yes, so it, it's really good that now that we have a perspective, I can, I can really explain. So not only did I go to, to the capital city of Kinshasa, but I... The Lord was really calling me to to go to the eastern side because He kept telling me I have something to show you there. And before I left, here in Joplin, there's a lady who worked at the school I was I was in, um, who always called me her son, and I consider her as my mom. And she gave me a journal, a prayer journal, and she told me write the stories, write what God will do during this trip. And when I was going, um, I I carried it with me. So at the time, you couldn't go from the capital city of Kinshasa 
to the eastern side easily. So we flew we we flew in this old Russian plane. I'm sure you remember when I told you about how there was no seat belts and and all that. We thought we were going to die <laughs> during this time and to go land you had a, finally. A couple American um, missionaries with you at that time, didn't you? Uh, they got a real yes. awakening when they got on one of these Russian transport planes. Oh uh, yes, so one of them called his mom on uh, on our layover and just told and he said. Mom, we I think we'll not make it. We're going to die. This place is never going to make it. But <laughs> we made it. And we we went to these mountains. And at the time, though, those mountains were really dangerous because the militias um, were around there. And they would attack people, kidnap the kids, and rape the women. And so we went there in a village called Kidodobo. And while we were there, they were giving me a tour. And I saw these women uh, sitting there, and I asked the doctor, why Why are these women there? And they, he would not really give me a, an answer. And fa- because they had their head covered, and they really looked like there was no life in their eyes. And so I I insisted, and finally I went and talked to one of them, and they would, they would not even respond to me. And... There was one who started talking to me, and she was telling me all these stories uh, of of how she was violently raped by 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 this group of militia men. And when she she told me that, my my heart started beating really fast, and I I was all of a sudden it was I was very terrified by what she said, and I wanted to to leave the place. And as soon as I said let's go, we walked two steps, and and I just felt this hand grab mine, and I looked back, and it's this lady. All I remember of her is she, she was in yellow, and she she told me this. She looked at me straight in the eyes, which is very uncommon for, for, for rape victims, and even just for women in general in Eastern Congo. And she told me in Swahili, go tell my story so no other woman will go through what I went through. And I that request just shook me, and and then I left. I wanted to leave as soon as I could. I wanted to leave there. And as we were going back to the city, I realized that I did have the journal. I could have written a story, but I missed the opportunity. So when we went back to the village, and they wouldn't, they told me they didn't know who she was, even though I had a picture. And from there, I decided to start writing the stories of the people I, I, I was meeting. And when I went some places and I and I could find those who could read, I gave them my journal, and they and they they wrote in my journal. And that's kind of what gave birth to the book. So it's really a story of how the Lord um, met these people where they were, and it's amazing how the Lord has transformed the lives of many of these women there. So that's, Treasure, you that's actually amazing. got to experience what it was like to be on the ground uh, yes. during this Rwandan genocide, if I recall. Um, yes. What are some of the things that uh, you saw being there on the ground? I mean, uh, people here in America, you know, they're so far removed from these things, they may see some clips on CNN, maybe they catch a movie. You actually lived it. What are some of the things that come to mind that you saw uh, during this time? 
Well, about the Rwandan genocide, I was uh, I was little when when that happened. I do remember that when uh, the the Rwandan refugees were coming, um, the missionaries I knew were giving them soap, and they would they would ask, they, they would ask them to to wash their hands, and they they were telling me about all these things that happened. But it my in as I grew up. The the war in Congo followed me everywhere, and there's this this specific uh, instance when when I was when I was 15 was um, we were in school when we started hearing these these noises like really really heavy really heavy noises, and our teachers told us that they were they were going to have a meeting. And so they told us, you, no one is going to leave this place, and whoever will do that will will be punished. So we stayed there, and we noticed that they were not coming back, and the noises were coming closer and closer. And very soon we realized that there were, it was not the rain; it was gunshots. And so basically, the war was <laughs> was in the city. So the we were locked in and we realized that we were locked in and at, and at the end of the day one of the the children somehow escaped and found the keys that the director had left and he opened the the doors and we just started running uh, we just started running as fast as we could and i still i still remember the gunshots and 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 everything and it took me it took me years to to recover from from that and um there's i have to say i saw i saw burned bodies uh, bodies of people were burned with tires and and things like that and so it it was for a long time those who have known me when i first came to america i i had trouble sleeping at night it it was really it was really something that really bothered me a stronghold in my mind that the, I was really glad that the Lord finally delivered me from from it. So you're 15 years old. You're in school one day. Uh, you'll yes. hear uh, noises outside, turns into gunshots, and yes. suddenly the teachers disappear. And yes. uh, if I understand you correctly, they left you locked in your classroom. Yes, and, yes uh, indeed. And uh, some student manages to uh, get a key and unlock the door so you all can escape. Yeah. You're running for he your actually, life. He actually found the keys um, on, the, on, on, on the ground when he was, somehow he was outside. So we're just guessing that maybe the director dropped them when he was running. And so all of a sudden, you're <laughs> it's every man for himself. You're running down the road, and you get down uh, from the school so far, and you realize that... Someone's missing. Your sister has been left behind. Yes. We, what happened we, we, at that point in time? Well, what, what happened is I'm almost there. I'm, I've, I have basically made it. Um, we we made it through all the dangers and all that, and and now home is in sight. And I remember my sister's not there. And so um, now I'm terrified because I had two choices. Either I had to go back and face what I just faced, or I had to go home and face my mom. And I chose to go back and face the guns. 
So. Oh my goodness! Uh, so you went all the way back. What What did you encounter along the way? Well, it, it was. We were we, we were riding as fast as we could. Sometimes they would tell us to to just lay on the uh, lay on the ground. We would just hear this voice, lay on the ground, and we we had our uniforms are blue and white, and so we had our shirt as kind of a white flag. But we were in danger that the rebels could take us as child soldiers, or the the government soldiers could think that we were child soldiers, and they could shoot us. And so it was this this horrible thing it's it was just like everything was completely dark that the sky was dark and you couldn't see any light even though it was it was probably around noon that all this happened it was just the darkest moment i've ever lived and and finally like i said when we finally got to um to the house um, almost to the house and that happened i decided to go back and i will and one thing that I forgot to mention is when we were going, I was making this deal with the Lord, and I kept telling the the Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise, I promise I will serve you the rest of my life. That <laughs> I kept making this deal with the Lord. And when I found out that my sister was missing, then I was just like, Lord, I promise, if I just find my sister, I promise I will find her. I will work yeah. for you the rest of my life. And finally, I just, I didn't walk very far. I saw my sister. But the funny thing in the story was that the reason why my sister was left behind is because when everybody started running, she remembered that she had a brother and went to look for me. And she she took so long to trying to find me that everybody was already gone and she was left alone there. Well... I didn't. I completely forgot that I had a sister. As soon as the doors were open, I took off running, and so up to today, I still feel bad about that. <laughs> but, well, praise God, um, he uh, he he preserved her, and uh, you had a good yeah. ending to that story. Yeah. So uh, you you left the Congo, came back to the states, went into Bible school, and uh, over the years, you have traveled back at various times yes. to do uh, missionary work there, and. Um, you went back on one occasion with some American friends. Uh, you all got out into some remote locations, and you had a intention to actually go up into the mountains and try and find one of the uh, the warlords. Is that right? Yes. Well, and so uh, tell us uh, about that and your trip to the mountains. I will tell you about actually two trips to the to the mountain. One one is the one I went to to look for the warlord. I was uh, by myself with only um, my guide, which actually my guide was somebody I didn't even know. Um, I talked to him. I talked to him on um, online before I left, and I found him. And so what we did is he took me on his uh, on on his motorcycle, and we went and. As we were going, that's when I just realized, wow, I don't even know this guy. And Maybe I ought to never... mention that uh, to the people out there, uh, what I mean by warlords, uh, you've got a rebel contingent. Yes, of, you um... have those militias, yes. And so the, the warlords are kind of the the heads of these um, these militia groups. And they, they call them warlords. But 
the very interesting thing is um, when we got there, um, I was able to ask the, the questions about why they were doing what they were doing, and that's when that was a that was a time when I came to realize that all this was spiritual warfare. That all these years we've been trying to cure just the symptoms. The real reasons why they were doing that is that it was in their belief in witchcraft. Okay, and, and let's talk about that. And what you've got going on there, folks, in the Congo, you've got these rebel soldiers. Uh, they will be headed up by these warlords, and they have armies of children fighters. Mm-hmm. Now, you may have heard of you know uh, warlords in Ethiopia, Somalia. They've got yeah. them in Afghanistan. Well, they're in the Congo, too. But they've actually got children, fighters over there. Uh, how old are these kids that make up their militaries, Trezor? You find them as young as six or seven. Six and or seven. Okay, so yes. how do they go about recruiting them? Uh, give uh, an example of what goes on uh, where they'll go looking for these kids to bring into the Army. How do they get them? Okay, so there, there's actually two ways. Um, some of them, they, they they lie to them as far as if you come to us, then we will give you food, we will give you money, you you will be able to protect your your family and all that. The the that's kind of a minority of them, but the, the majority of them they actually go and kidnap the the kids, and they they have rituals that they use to. Um, in order for the for the child to become really part of the the militia, which is they will usually take them back to their village and have them kill a person that they know. They they torture them and 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 a lot of these children have have really been abused. And then um, one thing that people don't know usually is that those children are most of the time on the first line when those militia go fight and. I still work with with a few of them who used to be child soldiers, and I was able even in the book I collected some of their stories, and they will they will tell you of how they were they they, they were trained and how they 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 went to to these battles and the lives that they have taken. But one of the things that really got my my attention like I shared with you there and that I really want to share with with with, with people in the program because I, I really think that it's a, it's really important that we we have this discernment that one child told me basically that they had to be awake every day around midnight because around two o'clock they they had to to be up to to salute the spirits that lived in that mountain, that the, that the, that militia, that specific militia, um, was serving. Also, when we, you mentioned the, the fact that I I get I, I don't know if I would call it the chance, but I get the opportunity of meeting one of those warlords. They actually believe that for their witchcraft to work, they need to have little children cook those magic potions for them. Okay, I want to get to that, uh, but I want to back up a second. Uh, Basically, what's going on then is you've got uh, these rebel forces. They're going into villages. Mm -hmm. They would knock on your door, kick it in, 
and they would go in there looking for children. And let's say the mother and the father were happened to be at home, they would kill the father, and then they would go ahead and rape the mother. Yes, they will and then they the would sisters. they will loot everything, and they will take the kids, and they will and nowadays they take the women also, and they will okay. all, they will take them into their mountains. Yeah. So you, you, you're you you'd be a little child, six or seven years old. Uh, these these troops bust down the door. They kill the father. They rape your bro- your sister or your mother, and then they tell you, "You're coming with us, or we're going to kill your mother here on the spot." Yes. And uh, you know, little child. Uh, what is he going to do? He's going to want to save his mother. So they go off with these um, these rebel soldiers, and they take them away into the mountains to indoctrinate them. Now, my first question was, uh, they're probably taking them up there and going to teach them how to shoot an AK-47, but yes. they're not really interested in that as much as they are first uh, indoctrinating them as uh, sorcerers and witch- witches. Yes. Uh, so, yes. what is one of the first things they train these kids to do? You were talking about the the pot. What is this pot you're talking about? Um, the pot, actually, it's kind of a magic potion. They believe that when they drink it, it makes them invincible. Um, I don't know exactly what goes in there, but there's a lot of children who will tell you that their role, it's usually the youngest one, um, the six, seven, eight years old. They will usually tell you that their role was to cook the potion. Um, and also, in the book, you you would read you would read the story of one of the children. I had to change their names uh, just to protect them. But one of the the children who today is is older, it will tell you that they did have like military training, but they met at the pole. And they told they taught them some incantations that they had to do in order to to have those powers that they were they were seeking. And asking people around, what I, what I heard was every militia has their own witch doctor who tells them what to do that's that's how you you hear there there's been stories of how pygmies have been killed and eaten and things like that um from what i i know they start all started with with the fact that a witch doctor told them that this would make them invincible if they ate pygmies you hear about um they started raping women one of the reasons was they thought that this was this was going to make them invincible, and wow, it's all this system based on uh, on on witchcraft that's really enslaving the entire area. And you look at the amount of blood that's been spilled; it's a huge sacrifice to satanic forces there. So they're taking these little children, and one of the first things you're doing is you're indoctrinating them in witchcraft, and they have them. They'll put them in charge of actually uh, these big cauldrons, and they're basically cooking up uh, magic potions. And then they're yes. required to uh, to drink these well, to gain power? Is, everybody, um, children and adults, are supposed to drink that before they go fight. Wow. Folks, you heard it right. I mean, that's, uh, that's number one uh, on the mind of these warlords who are kidnapping these kids. They want to indoctrinate them into witchcraft, 
because um, the mind of a warlord, Trezor, is that uh, they're more concerned about the spiritual, aren't they? Yes. And so yeah, they're they trying very, to they actually... They're concerned that they are doing the right thing to please the spirits they serve. They're trying to capture a whole generation and also appease these demon gods that live in the mountains now. You said the demons uh, that they worship, they they tend to roam the mountains, what, after midnight? Yes, that, that, that that's what most of the children told me, yes. Okay, so they'll actually make these young little kids, they've been cooking stews during the day, <laughs> and then they make them get up and um, make them give praise and worship to these demon gods? Yes. Now, how how do they go about praising the demons? What would be something they, they would actually have to do? Uh, all they have really, all I, I I have gotten from them so far from the the, the kids I, I work with is that they have incantations. A lot of them are very reluctant to tell me what the incantations were. Okay, but incantations when, and spells, sure. Yes, when uh, when when it's when it's midnight, they are supposed to be up, and they are supposed to to recite certain things, um, kind of to able to, to, to appease and please the, those spirits. My goodness. You know, that kind of sounds like Santeria witchcraft. Uh, we knew a guy who was number three in command of uh, New York City, uh, high-ranking Santeria witch, and, uh, yeah, he had a big cauldron, and he would cook up his um, demonic recipes, and, you know, hey, if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, they may have gotten you, killed you, and cut you up, thrown you into the pot. Uh, folks, yeah. this stuff goes on out there, and uh, so you go to the Congo one day, and you say, "Hey, I want to actually get up in the mountains and interview one of these warlords." So, was it difficult to find the warlord? Well, um, I can't give all the details on on the way on how I found them, but <laughs> no, you, I, I don't want to put you in any danger. But yeah, uh, you you I, found I a way have... to get there. Yeah, I just have to say that if if you want to to find them, you you would find them. So you you find yourself uh, in a, probably in the in this uh, village where the warlord lives, yeah. and uh, what do these guys look like? How are they dressed? Well, a lot of them are in uh, in military uniform, and they they love watching cartoons. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they 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 really like to to act tough and they they like to feel important. So when you I, I talk to them very respectfully and and they they liked it. So they they like to feel like they are very important. So they knew you had come from America. They wanted to impress you, didn't they? So uh, what did they, they do? Sit down well, and watch cartoons? I didn't tell them I was coming from America. <laughs> <laughs> but now, if I recall, uh, they they did something special for you when you came in. They wanted to kind of impress you. What did they offer you? <laughs> well, when uh, when they they wanted they wanted me they wanted to make me part of their tribe when when I got there. Oh boy. Yeah, and so that that involves you get you get a cow and then you get uh, several other uh, attributes of um, of a uh, of of a member of their tribe. They they usually what they use to go hunting, 
And so they were wanting to give those to me. Oh, man, okay, so you showed up to interview them, and then they actually wanted to uh, wanted you to become part of the tribe over there. Um, now, these warlords, um, they have these children armies. You know, they're very well armed. Uh, how do they raise money? Are they into um, drugs and things like that? Um, I do know that a lot of them, um, they control areas that are very um, wealthy as far as mining and all that. And so they make the populations that are in those areas, they basically turn them into slaves to do all this work for them. Uh, if if anybody has seen the, the movie Blood Diamond, um, kind of what was happening at the end where all these civilians were taken, they, 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 they would bring them in a place where they were looking for, for diamond. That's kind of, yeah. it's the same system. Okay, so they've got to have some command and control of a lot of money. Uh, yes. So are these guys kind of dressed uh, with a lot of gold and uh, just military uniforms? Are they? Uh, what else did you see over there? Did you say... Well, most of them, the ones I saw, they were just in military uniforms. Well, there was a few of them in civilian um, clothing, but they didn't give me like a tour of their entire village, but they... It just the places I saw, and I and I could tell they were very cautious of what I would see. But the places I saw, that's um, that's all I saw that they were they were in military uniform. But some of these guys, uh, you know, they they kind of want to be associated with the West, so you you may see them kind of dressed with a lot of bling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do <laughs> with their military uniform. There's uh, they do. <laughs> And I think you understand what I mean by bling. Um, yes, I do. Yeah. And so I, you know, if they got cable out there in the uh, the mountains, they probably got MTV also, and uh, a lot of the rap videos and so forth. And so, yes. you know, it's kind of like the Lords of War movie with Nicolas Cage, and uh, yes. you know, those guys had gold plated AK forty sevens. Now, what what is it like uh, watching those kids? Are they walking around the village with uh, carrying machine guns? Yeah, well, um, the ones you mean when I went to see, when I went to to the vi to the village, or when when I saw into them the, in the cities um, and all that. Into the mountains where the warlords uh, have these armies. Oh yeah, they 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 walk around. They they patrol with uh, with guns. Um, when the first time I saw them, I saw a child soldier was in in ninety seven. Um, they were very little boys, and they that's that's what kind of got me that they were my age at the time, and they had guns and and pe uh, people everybody saw them uh, and so but now they are it, you have to go to the mountains to find them so they're taking these kids at a very young age, six and seven years old, they uh, start to indoctrinate them and in how to uh, cook up. Uh, magic potions and do yeah. incantations. So yes. Yeah, so the next step from that would be that they will become kind of the commander's um, bodyguard, and, okay. and 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 during that time they will also send them to to battles. Okay. So they send them out there uh, front lines of the battles, and then yes. at some point in time, usually 
they want to go ahead and sign a contract with Satan, so they'll send him back to a village, and they're required to kill one of their family members many times? Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's at the beginning. That's part of their initiation. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, what is the belief? When you, when, you have, when you go back and actually pull the trigger and uh, kill one of your own family, then you basically pretty much made a, a deal with Satan at that point, right? At, at that point, they believe that if a child has done that, that then he can kill anybody. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of made, made, made his blood contract. Now, yeah. so these warlords, uh, they believe in spiritual powers, and um, yes. they're very involved in that. Um, let's talk about the reality of spiritual warfare. I'm sure you've seen a lot in Africa. Uh, I asked yes. you one time about uh, astral projection. You want to describe for people out there what astral projection is? I can't remember the exact word. Uh, you ha I, I remember you had to explain to me. In terms uh, of, um, there are people that actually separate uh, their soul from their body and they travel. Yes. And um, so it's very it's very common, and um, those those have been in 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 in, in the Congo will will tell you that there's there are several times when you would find uh, naked people. On the on the ground, early in the morning, because they travel they travel at night, trying to cause uh, harm, and you will you will know you will know that because our churches do overnight prayers. A lot of churches do overnight prayers, and and it's basically to counter all these all these attack of the enemy. So, so basically, what's going on, folks, is uh, you've got people astral projecting. And uh, you've got churches that are praying, and they cut these silver cords. Yes, people will make fall, it to the back. They fall. <laughs> and they, they actually fall, fall right out of the air, don't they? Naked on the ground. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Folks, uh, Trezor knows what he's talking about. This happens all the time in Africa, and we've had reports of it here in America. It is true. Uh, you yes. talk to any witch or warlock that's uh, into it hardcore, they're astral projecting. And the Bible talks about it, unless a silver cord ever being loosened. So you've got a cord that connects your, your soul with your body, and under demonic power, they separate, they fly around, and they scan people at night. They, uh, they find people who aren't covered in the blood of Jesus. They attack them. They rape them at night. Um, all kinds of things can go on under the demonic power. But if a person astral projects against a Christian who knows how to do spiritual warfare and cuts that silver cord like I do, uh, you could find yourself dropping out of the sky, and you don't make it back to your body. They just find your naked body the next morning on the ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's pretty common over there. Uh, uh, yes. And, well, people, a lot of people here think that they, they think that it's just fairy tale. So I've met a lot of Christians here who just think that these things are just stories that we may, we, we just made up or things like that. But it is true. And I want to talk more about uh, spiritual warfare, but uh, while we're still in the Congo, let's talk about something that uh, a lot of people are interested in. Tell us about your experience with the pygmies. What are pygmies? Well, the the pygmies are the they, they are very short people, uh, if I can describe them like that, uh, and they a lot of them live in the in the rainforest. 
And so some of them do mix with, um, with, with the other people, but most of them stay in, in the rainforest. They, they really feel threatened by, um, by the rest of, of the population, especially with the, the kind of things that happened to them during the war. And so my, my experience with, with them is that we had the chance to actually bring them Bibles which was really a blessing, um, a, a very huge blessing, because we we were able to meet a pygmy preacher who is one of the things that, that happened in the eastern side of Congo, is during the war, the, the militia burned all the Bibles that the, the, that the churches had there. And you can find churches of three, four, five hundred people, maybe more, where nobody, even the preacher, doesn't have a Bible. And so, um, one of the things we we do as a ministry is we provide the Bible. So we found this uh, this pygmy pre- uh, preacher, and he was able to to help us get to to his people, and we were able to bring them. Uh, those Bibles, and that that was such a blessing. And they they are they are wonderful people, and it's really sad that um, they they are really living in such a persecuted. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the danger that they're in. Um, some time ago, word started to spread that if you would uh, capture a pygmy and yes. eat them, what would happen? Yes. Then you you would become invincible and you'll become powerful. Um, in other countries, I've heard uh, to where if you if you if you ate them, there's them, and it's it's happening to the albinos also now, to where they they believe that if if, if you cut their private parts, it, this would make you um, this would make you powerful and you you will have a lot of money and all that. And so, folks, people were people hunting down the pygmies. Them and eating them like chicken. And they were castrating them, and they were eating them to gain what they thought would be invincibility. And so um, it was every pygmy for himself basically running to try to survive to keep from being eaten. And uh, what happened? Did the government not do anything to help them? Well, this happened a lot during during the, the, the peak of the war. And at the time... The rainforest is still a very lowless place, and never, and that's where they live. And so um, things are getting a little better for them, but there's reports now that what happened to the albinos in Tanzania, for example, is also it's spreading now. Um, now what I think is I shared al- with you. What was an albino? An, an albino is actually, I think it's a lack of melanin, and it's they, they have... They they just don't have any color to their skin. Okay. And so, um, what happened in Tanzania is that witch doctors started telling people that if they would find the private parts of of, of an albino, this would make them rich. So in oh, Tanzania, man. people started chasing the albinos, and and it started spreading. And I've heard uh, recently that even in um, in in countries like Burundi now, they are they are chasing them because 
that's what witch doctors are telling people to do. God have mercy. Uh, they were hunting them like they were elephants for their tusk, except yes. these are people. Now, um, I I had heard this story um, reported a few years ago, and there was a uh, a lady minister named Br- I think Bree Keys who was interviewed on the Prophecy Club and was going there to try to rescue the pygmies, and Aaron lift them out of there. Um, what has happened to the pygmies now in 2011? Are they uh, are they in hiding or have they been relocated or what's going on with them? No, um, as far as I know, uh, most of them are still in their in their areas. Um, it's not as bad for them as uh, as it as it used to be. Um, I think with with everything that after those things were found out, and um, it's kind of it, it shocked a lot of people to 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 discover that that was happening because many people didn't even know that those things were happening, and so that kind of uh, stopped that. But now the biggest concern is for for the albinos because if it keeps spreading, it may be something that can that can really be dangerous for for them and uh, and all that starts with the fact that people don't know Jesus they are in darkness and they yeah. let themselves being led by by the forces of darkness and and they deceive them into doing things such things like that no doubt about it uh, i went to uh, when i lived in panama in uh, 2005 to 2007 we took a trip one time, my wife and I, and uh, my brother and stepfather came to visit, and we went over to uh, San Blas Islands. It's um, it's an area off the coast of Panama where they have over 300 islands, and uh, on these little islands live the Kuna Indians, and they're very famous for their colorful clothing. They wear, uh, it's called molas, and uh, the beads that they make. So we ended up uh, taking an expedition over to the island um, and actually stayed. And they had built a little rustic hotel there. One of the, the Kunas who was kind of westernized, who was actually working with an airliner back in Panama City, and he would take tourists out there back to his home village. And this is like going back in time, 300 years. Every village had a chief, and uh, they would hold tribal council meeting uh, in the lodge, and it was just amazing. It was like something out of National Geographic, but what was interesting, speaking of the um, the albinos, is they had these uh, youth that were there that um, had white skin. Now, the, the Panamanian Indians, they were darker colored, but you had, they called them the star children. They were albinos. And, of course, um, I'm pretty white. I didn't have much of a tan at the time. And so uh, they saw me, and I had this um, dyed blonde hair, <laughs> which kind of enhanced my skin. And so I looked like an albino, and uh, they looked at me, and it was like we had had a reunion, and they thought I was one of the star children. So we sat down on a dock, and I got a picture of it. But uh, the reason I mention that is, yeah, even in Panama, the uh, the star children are kind of looked at as like uh, gifts from God, and they're almost worshipped in the village. It was the most amazing thing. You know, they're, they're very highly esteemed um, in the Kuna uh, tribe. It was just amazing. But, yeah, that's sad that they're actually hunting uh, these poor kids and uh, down and they're uh, eating them. 
or you know taking their their private parts. But folks, it happens, and um, we want to get some more updates on that because uh, maybe there's something we can do to help them. But um, yeah, let's think, go back uh, right now. If you really look at Tanzania, because that's it's uh, in Tanzania, it's it's it was really big. Their government had to to really step in, but I don't know that they were able to control that situation. Well, you know, Brie Keys actually went in there and uh, did a lot to save them, but then I think it was, you know, just like a one-lady mission. So, yeah. hey, you know, these are people, and um, yes. you don't hear a lot about this stuff. That's why I'm kind of uh, intrigued about it. Um, but let's go back now and talk about uh, spiritual warfare. And uh, how did you get into spiritual warfare, Trezor, and learn the reality that there are things called demons that really exist? Well, very at, at a very young age, we we moved to um, to this town called Kindu. It's right in the middle of um, of Congo, and we we were kind of separated from our father. He was in Kinshasa, and we were there. And my my dad's sister came to to live there with us, and I still remember one night I just heard my mom praying out loud at, at night and she she told us in the morning that she had a, she had a dream where where my aunt was sitting on my sister and she then that's when she explained to us what that meant and um it was it was warfare. There was one time we 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 they they had tried all, all kinds of things against our family. Um, one time we woke up. My mom just had this this word from the Lord to make sure that all of us all of us kids um, spend the night on on her bed, and we did. And we woke up, and there was fire ants all over the room, like. Basically covered. The, the the only place that were not were around the bed. And at the time, we had she would she was inviting somebody to come pray with with her and and, but then the Lord told her that the person was was also part of that. And so I was watching and I was really seeing the 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 reality of 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 that as a, as a child. And finally, one night, um, my mom had this dream where there was there was hundreds of people hiding inside of the house, and they were all leaving. And the next day, she was she was cleaning the house, and there was this huge snake, very big snake. And as soon as she killed it, my aunt left on her own. She left the house. She didn't want to stay there anymore. Um, that false preacher never came back there. Everybody stopped getting sick. And finally, the the way was open for us to leave that place. Because for, for three years, we couldn't leave that place. And, and then on my own personal way, my, first, my very first experience where I was myself up there was we were praying for somebody, and the person started manifesting. And uh, the the leader of the group I was with told me, uh, "Why don't you take care of that?" And I was just like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." 
and but after that, um, really, it became it it, be, it became kind of it. I came to realize that as Christians, we have this power and this authority over these things. And there's been several times here in America where me and my my bro- I have a brother in the spirit who's um, from Zimbabwe, and me and him have several times tested out demons here in, in, in Missouri where most people don't think they, that they even exist. So um, Let's talk about you. Uh, you, uh, you came back uh, from the Congo to the States. Uh, you enrolled in uh, Bible school up in Missouri. Yes. And, uh, you know, you're in a probably a school which is like most mainstream Christianity. Uh, they don't believe a Christian can have a demon. And... Uh, of course, you know you you weren't uh, ashamed to um, to say, hey, you believe in in the reality of spiritual warfare. Yeah. Well, um, there there was an incident on campus. Apparently, a demonized person, and nobody knew what to do, did they? Yes. Well, what happened? Uh, what happened actually at that at that time was um, I was back here, and it was about midnight. I was I was asleep in my room. And I get this phone call from my friend, uh, the one I was talking about, and he always calls me young brother. And he says, young brother, wake up. We have to do something. And, this, and, I, and I'm only waking up. And, and, and he said, we have to go cast out demons. And I told him, but it's midnight. <laughs> he said, no, we are going right now. And I said, well, but we haven't, I haven't done that in a long time. And he said, we are going right now. And, and then I told him, did you ask your wife? And he said, we are going now, and so we drove to a city about thirty minutes from from the city of Joplin where we live, and we casted out demons uh, there. And what happened then was these guys came came back to the city after they were delivered, and there's a girl in their apartment complex who just walked up to them and told them, "I really want to be freed. I really want to be freed." So they call us. And we went and d- delivered her. Well, she, the the two people we delivered the first day went to to a church where one of our our colleagues from school went to, and so there was a lot of people from school who would go there. And and they they took the person, they took one of the person there, thinking that if they baptized the person, um, it would be free. And so. What happened is she started manifesting in front of everybody there, and all of a sudden they were brought to the reality that this thing actually exists. And did the uh, the demon start to talk? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> talk and and even like beat up a few big guys they had there. And so, um, but now it's really interesting because. All of a sudden, we, we hear these people who have been holding and hiding this for for years because they, they they've been thinking that their church is going to think they're crazy or their their church is going to think that they they, they are reading some weird books or they are that they are they are doing all this. We are hearing those people who come to us and sometimes they come secretly to us and tell us, "Oh, this is what I'm dealing with," or "This is uh, this is what is happening to somebody I know." And so we it's it's actually a place where we the the I feel like 
somehow the the Lord has placed me and my brother there. I, I wish one one day he can come in on the, on the air because he do he does have such such great testimony about deliverances. His mom used to be a, a very powerful witch doctor in Zimbabwe, and she gave her life to Christ, and she 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 started doing deliverance ministry, and he grew up uh, on that. And um, me and him really. We feel like the Lord has placed us for for this time, kind of to open the eyes of the the, the, the Christian community here about that, and it's it it, it 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 we're we're seeing the the result, but we're also seeing a lot of people who kind of question that because they are used to they are used to a form of, of Christianity without power, and we are opening their eyes to that and. And now they have seen things that they cannot deny. Amen. It has happened, and the students have gone back to the school and asked their teachers. So we saw this. How do you explain that? And so it's, uh, I, I think it's the Lord is doing something in this area, and um, especially in this city, which is which is under a very very heavy oppression. There's, there's such an oppression over this city, and um, the Lord is really raising up people here. And so I would actually ask people to just pray for more people to 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 be raised up for this uh, for this place. Amen. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mega Man Radio. We have a special guest on tonight. We've got Trezor Yinye. Uh, he's the author of Journey to the Heart of Darkness. It's yeah. um, an awesome book that you can get up on Amazon.com. I've also got a link to it uh, up here on our show page. And uh, we'll open up the lines tonight if you would like to talk to Trezor. Uh, we've got open lines. Uh, if you'd like to ask a question, make a comment, or you need prayer, the number to call in on is 917-889-2745, or you can call toll-free 877-806-2482. Now, uh, Trezor, um, I recall you tell me another uh, experience you had on campus where uh, the call came in uh, for deliverance, and you were supposed to go with another friend over there? Yes. And and the enemy uh, knew all about it ahead of time, apparently. What happened? Well, what, what happened was basically I had an evening class, and my teacher would not would just not let me go. And um, that's, that's the night when my friend went, and as soon as, soon as he... As soon as he got there, the demon actually told him, like called him with his name, um, with the with the the accent in Shona his language, and he told him, "Well, so you are here. I want you. To, and where's your sidekick? It looks like he can't make it today. So <laughs> he, he came. He came and, and and told me that, and I and I, he told me that, and I just re, I just re, because my my teacher would just not gave me permission to leave and it was i I came to to to, to realize that they are also thinking strategically on that uh on that and so oh yeah yeah satan is host of hell the demons uh they 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 use some strategy to try to take you out of the battle to you know get other things um roadblocking you so you can't get over there and help the people get set free in jesus name um I recall you tell me another story uh, regarding some man back over in, I believe it was the Congo area, 
who had made a, uh, I guess, a deal with Satan in exchange for money? Yes. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit um, about that episode. That 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 this, it's it's actually um, a story I know very well because it's kind of part of the it it happened in in my family and well the the person the person actually had made a deal about money and um, they had this money that nobody ever knew where it came from and so as long as as, as as long as he was doing all these sacrifices to 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 those spirits, he, he he was wealthy. And so what happened was they wanted him to give his wife. And so his wife happened to open the door to this room. They had this room in the in their house that the wife was not allowed to go in. She happened to open the the um the door and she saw a person that she knew was dead and her husband was talking to him. Wow. And so he came with these pills and he wanted he wanted her to take those pills. And according to him, those pills would, would make him wealthy. That it would make them wealthy if they, they did. And so when she she refused to, to take those and she ran away and the person got really sick and all of a sudden he lost all the money he had, and he tried. He took his the the the, the children as hostage, as lo- and he would not let let her even see them, as long as she didn't she she didn't take the the medicine. Well, he ended up dying, but on his deathbed, he was still still saying that if she took those med- those those pills. He was going to be to to be back to normal, and he would be wealthy. But we also know that if she took those pills, she was going to be sacrificed. Oh my goodness! Yes, uh, that and, guy didn't and, care. Um, he wanted no, to keep his money at all costs, even if it meant sacrificing his wife. Did she escape for good? Yes, she she did. She escaped. Um, but the, her, his family held the children hostage for years. For years, and um, that that's those kind of situations they they happen a lot, and um, in 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 Africa where people go and sell their 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 their, their souls for for money, and they they sacrifice family members, and 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 when they 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 start by asking little things and then they, they start asking for more and more and more and the people just can't they can't keep up with that. Folks, this stuff happens. Uh it's uh it's a part of life over in Africa and uh, some of the greatest uh deliverance uh ministers we know of come from Africa like Dr. Yes. D. K. Oakoya and in Nigeria and uh you know it's it's because uh it just so intertwined in the fabric of society there. But you know what? We're not any um, less vulnerable here in America. In fact, oh, yeah. most are being taken down by mind control, you know, spending hours upon hours glued to the television, being indoctrinated through uh, Hollywood and music. And, and now, of course, you've got the Kundalini invasion in many churches, and people are going in and they're coming out with a another spirit, and it's, uh, it's a Kundalini demon in many cases. So... Um, 
I think these stories are cool because there's a lot to learn, Trezor, about the yeah. realities of uh, spiritual warfare. Now, yeah. describe for us uh, maybe a deliverance that you've done in uh, Missouri. Uh, when you are called in to um, exercise a demon, how do you go about it? helping the person get set free. What might you do once you arrive on the premises with the demonized person? Well, I'm I'm going to, to just give one case. Well, all the time here, in, it, it happened here in Missouri, we've, there's always been the two of us, me, me and my brother. And usually people will give us a call, and and my brother will come and we'll, we will pray together and we will go. There's this one um, instance when we went to this this apartment complex, and as as soon as we as soon as we we arrived there, we could hear the demon scream. For uh, there were over I don't know how how much it's like in feet, but I could tell the distance was about probably about ten fifteen meters. As soon as we got there, um, they were already they were already screaming and and, and all that. And as, and when we got there, um, usually my my brother takes the lead the lead and we go after them to together. But I, in that specific in, in that specific an- instance, I I remember I remember that he. He, he stepped back and he told me, he said, "I really feel like the the Lord is uh, is telling me to uh, to anoint this person." And so, we anointed the person and we 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 casted out the demon and we we sent it to um to, to we we were praying in our languages so we call we 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 casted them to the dry places and and. The the person was back to normal, and we it's it's like every every case is different, but yes. um, and that that's that's one case that we've done. I I actually um I didn't realize that we were going to stay this long. I may need to leave in ten minutes actually, if that's okay with you. Oh, repeat again. I'm sorry. No, I said I didn't realize that we're going to stay on the show for this long. I may need to be leaving in ten minutes. Oh no, no problem. I uh, I appreciate you coming on this long. Um, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up, but I got to have you back on. In fact, I'd love uh, to have you on with your friend, also the one from oh, yes, Zimbabwe. I would, I would love for you to to meet him and for everybody to get to meet him. He has he has an awesome. Um, Deliverance ministry and just the uh, the story of his family, how they went from his mom was a was a well known witch doctor in Zimbabwe. Um, oh, that would be a fascinating from, interview. Yes, yes. So I would I would definitely love to connect to connect. Trezor, um, uh, two things. Uh, we have a question from the chat room. Uh, what yes. part of Missouri do you live in? Joplin. Okay, you're in Joplin. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we have another listener out there uh, that uh, I'll put in touch with you, that he'd like to contact yes. you. That's fantastic. And uh, tell people again uh, how they can uh, order your book, please. Well, you can order them on Amazon.com. Um, you can you can also get them on 
on most of any other website that sells book, but the title is Journey to the Heart of Darkness. And just I, I and if you if you if you really like it, just send me an email and I I, I really want to to hear more about what you think and you can and we can correspond and tell you more about the ministry we do in Congo. Now, if someone would like to contact you directly, uh, you're up on Facebook. Yes, I am on Facebook, um, and they can just uh, send me a message there, and I will know how to get in touch with them. Okay, praise God. Treasure, it's been a, a fascinating hour with you. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're going to have you back on very soon, brother. Okay, thank you. May the Lord richly bless you for coming on tonight. Thank okay, you, God Treasure. bless you, too. <laughs> Bye. Folks, that was Trezor Yinye, and I would encourage you to order his book. And uh, you can get that off of uh, Amazon.com. It'll be a fascinating um, story about his life over in uh, the Congo and many other things that we didn't have time to cover tonight. We're going to get him back, though, and um, bring him on with his friend who is a former witch doctor. And what we'll do is uh, we'll actually be able to open up that lines at that time and um, start taking some calls. So you've been listening to Omega Man Radio Network. This is a live program, and uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different tonight. In fact, um, what I am going to be doing is expanding the show. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have our normal stable of uh, pastors that come on during the week and do uh, deliverance programs. I'm going to be adding a uh, second program uh, very soon. And we're going to be uh, bringing on new guests each and every day, uh, talking about a variety of um, subjects and issues. I want to um, bring kind of a mix to Omega Man Radio, do more of this style of interview, bring on uh, some other interesting guests who will tell their stories, or cover some things that I'm interested in, you know. And uh, Deliverance is just one part of the ministry. Uh, we're, we're going to go full force with Deliverance. Don't uh, Don't take me wrong. <laughs> When I say I'm going to do a second show, um, we're going to probably do more deliverance this year in 2011 than um, we did in 2010. Uh, there are more deliverance ministers I'm continuing to track down, and as soon as they confirm, I'll be bringing them on to um, have them speak, preach, take phone calls, and so forth. So very exciting. Now we're going to take about a five-minute break, and then I'm going to be back. And uh, if you'd like to call in tonight, if you need prayer, if you'd like to make a, a comment, ask a question, you can do that. I'll open up the lines, 917-889-2745. Uh, that's the dedicated number here for the Mega Man Radio Show, or you can call toll-free, 877-806-2482 if you do not have long distance. And uh, we'll be back here in uh, just a few moments. I'm going to play um, a break and a, a short song, and then we'll be back. All right, you're, welcome back to Mega Man Radio Network. I've got to get a different uh, set of headphones because I'm having a hard time gauging my volume level, so sometimes I tend to scream. Maybe I just need to talk normal and uh, wait for your feedback if the volume is too low. How about that? Well, I had a great um, time there with Trezor Yinyi. If you missed that uh, interview, we are going to bring him back, and we'll go into uh, some live deliverance over the air with Yinyi and uh, his friend from Zimbabwe, uh, great man of God. He's got a very powerful ministry uh, that he does not only in Missouri on campus, 
but also he takes uh, frequent trips back to the Congo. And uh, some fascinating adventures there that we uh, had a chance to talk about uh, over Thanksgiving dinner. It was a real honor and a pleasure to meet him, and uh, I would encourage you to get his book, uh, God Opened the Door for Trezor to uh, Get the Financing to Do the Book. Actually, someone came up and just donated it. And uh, yeah, I believe God has uh, really got his hand on Trezor and uh, was behind uh, the publication of the book. It really uh, opens a window into what's going on over there. Um, even now as we speak, you know, there are uh, guerrillas that uh, go through those villages and uh, still to this day uh, take prisoners, young kids, six, seven years old, and then take them off into the mountains. They teach them to be sorcerers. One of the first things that they're taught is to cook up a uh, demonic recipe in these cauldrons, very similar to Santeria witchcraft. And, uh, you know, they're trying to steal a generation. Well, you know, um, it's a little bit more graphic over there because they also put an AK-47 in their hands and they use them um, as soldiers. But, uh, you know, Satan's doing the same thing here in America. He's indoctrinating millions, not only here and all the way through Europe, in witchcraft with Harry Potter. And if you're a parent that has allowed your child to watch a Harry Potter movie you need to pray and repent and you're going to need to break the generational curse of witchcraft that's now in your family line that's going to go down three or four generations god takes witchcraft very seriously and if you even dabble in it you know you've touched an unclean thing and it brings a curse on you uh you will have a demonic spirit going to you or your child they go there to uh have some fun at the theater buy some popcorn and a coke and, you know, today, you know, a ticket's going to cost you $10 and popcorn and Coke about 10 So, you know, for $20, uh, you sent your child to be indoctrinated in witchcraft, and they came back with um, more than they left with. Now they've got a demonic spirit, and it's going to go down three or four generations. You're going to have to break it. You're going to have to repent of um, having dabbled in witchcraft, having let them view those movies or read the books, okay, get the same way to the book. And they're going to have to command those demons to come out in Jesus' name. Because when a demon comes in, uh, they're there to stay as far as they're concerned. And uh, they're squatting on your land, and you're going to have to kick them off and evict them. Okay, through repentance. And then you've got to command them to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, you have that authority as a believer. Deliverance is a children's bread. If you don't know Jesus Christ, there is no hope for you unless you accept Jesus Christ, because those demons have the right to torment you and stay in you. Okay? And, you know, uh, demons come in from birth. There have been uh, legions cast out of infants. How, you say? They come down the generational line, sins of the father. An ancestor was into uh, some sexual sin or witchcraft. Um, Any number of ways they they can open the door for four demons to come in, and uh, they just go down the family line, three and four generations. You know, you could have a bastard in your family. You're going to have a curse on you ten generations. That's how serious that is to God. And we probably have half of America being born out of wedlock these days. So we've got an epidemic out there. We may not uh, have our kids being stolen and taken to the mountains, but um, they're no better off because uh, we're sending them to the slaughter by allowing them to go to see these movies, by allowing the kids to go 
to uh, Twilight and all the vampire movies that are so easily accessible off the TV. These spirits are real. Ask Bill Schneblin. He was a vampire one time. These people are real, okay? Uh, they're committed to what they're doing. And why? Because they're seeking power. Power that is absent in many of the churches today, okay? Because they've thrown out the word of God. They're far removed from the, the early church of the saints. They don't believe today that uh, healings for today, miracle healings for today, that the tongues are for today, gifts of the Spirit are for today, and they certainly don't believe a Christian can have a demon, which basically sets him up to continue to be tormented their whole life unless God has mercy on them and, you know, drops the scales off of their eyes. Because when you've made a decision that, nope, I can't have a demon, well, then not a lot of person can do to help you. Okay, you just close the door to help. A uh, Christian can have anything that they want to have, all right, including a demonic spirit. Where they reside, they reside in your flesh, or they can reside in your soul, which is mind, will, and emotions. You've got to remember we have a three-part body. The spirit, uh, they don't reside in if you're a Christian, because when you receive Jesus Christ, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. That area is sealed until redemption, Okay. So the demonic spirits don't have access to that area. In fact, we've seen uh, deliverance uh, sessions going on. I've been involved in one. Uh, I heard Wynn Morley tell the tale, and I tried it myself. I was doing deliverance with a brother, and I spoke to the demon, and I said, uh, you see a seal on this person, and uh, they'll admit to it. It's sealed with the Holy Spirit. Seals are very important. Actually, the witches and warlocks use them. You know, a lot of these demons and fallen angels, they operate with a seal, and part of the witchcraft is you find the seal and then you do a uh, witchcraft ceremony involving that. Ask any real witch or warlock, they'll tell you. You know, seals are real. It's almost like, you know, uh, in the olden days, they would um, a king would write a note on a piece of parchment, roll it up, okay, like a poster you'd roll it up, and then he'd put a wax seal on it, drop this hot red wax, and then before it dried, he'd put his signet ring impression into it. It would harden, and uh, he would have his courier take it over. That's the way you would uh, courier message, and if uh, the message arrived and that seal was broken, well, then you know the message was compromised. That's the kind of seal I'm talking about. But there is an actual seal on your spirit when you become a believer, and, you know, Satan can't get in there. Uh, but there's plenty of other places for the demons to enter in. They can be in you, they can be on the outside, they can be on the inside and have uh, connectors to um, demonic spirits on the outside, which are reinforcing them. That's why a lot of times you hear us cut the connectors between the demons inside of the person and those on the outside. And you want to be careful about letting anybody suddenly lay hands on you if you don't know who they are. You could go into a church and someone comes up and lays hands on you. They could be a witch or a warlock. You'd have no idea, you know, unless you knew them. And um, that's especially important in a delivered session because uh it's a fact that a person could be delivered, and then you have someone come up here and try to lay hands on them to try to get involved, and what they're doing is they're continuing to reinforce and, and energize that person with more demonic spirits. So uh, this is serious stuff that we're talking about tonight. You can choose to dismiss it to your own peril. You can say, no, I don't believe it. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. Well, do you believe that there's a God? 
God is a spirit, and he that will worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. Demons are spirits. Okay? They are looking for a human host. Okay, they're disembodied. Some believe they're the one-third of the fallen angels that fell. Um, then there's others that believe that this, the demons are different than the fallen angels in that uh, the demons are the spirits, uh, the soul, okay, and spirit of the um, the Nephilim, you know, the offspring of the, the fallen angels in Genesis 6 and the women, the daughters of men, whom they mated with, created the giants. The giants died in the flood, and uh, they weren't allowed to go into heaven, so they were cursed to roam the earth. And there you could say the nephews of the fallen angels. Well, that's neither here nor there. The important thing is that they come out of you in Jesus' name. But uh, clearly there are different classes and ranks of um, these wicked spirits. Some have wings, some do not. Some uh, have uh, you know, the form of animals. There is a class of marine spirits. The Bible talks about a number of these talks about um, Leviathan, the king of the children of pride, which is a marine spirit. It gives you very vivid detail on the makeup of this spirit. And we fought him, and we've cast him out before. And I'll tell you, he's a very um, tough creature. Uh, there's Behemoth, which is kind of the land version of it. Uh, I don't know why they take the shape of animals. Um, you know, theories abound, but the, the fact is uh, they exist. Uh, they mean business, and their business is to get inside of you and kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? They take marching orders from their uh, their leader, the fallen super angel named Lucifer. We know him as Satan today. He lost his beauty. Now, he can disguise himself as an angel of light, but uh, all these have lost their beauty. That was one of the things they lost when they got you know, kicked out. Now, Satan, you've got to understand, has access to the throne room, uh, because it says that he is for the throne as a accuser of the brethren, okay? He's the prosecuting attorney against uh, you and I. Jesus Christ is, okay, our defense attorney. And um, Satan's been doing that a long time. He's not sitting down in hell with a pitchfork. That's the last place that he wants to be. He knows the scripture and then he knows that at some point in time, that's where he's going to be, okay, chained and then ultimately cast into the lake of fire. Now, you remember the word, it says that at the end of the tribulation period, Satan is chained, okay, and imprisoned, right? But then um, my understanding is after the thousand-year millennial reign, he's loose for a season, there's one final battle, and then he's thrown into the lake of fire for good. Now, he knows his time is short. When we get down to the tribulation period, which could be really close, some believe it kicks off next year. I just don't know. Uh, I tend to believe it's it's upon us almost. Uh, I believe 2012 could be the kickoff. But, you know, when it happens, we'll all know. It'll be pretty apparent. And Satan is certainly going to know because that means his time is short, and he's cast down at that point in time without access to heaven. You know, I saw Satan fall like a, a lightning bolt, it talks about. That time hasn't happened yet. That's when he's not going to have access, and he's going to be very angry, and then his wrath is going to be kindled, and he's going to be on a bloodlust. You know, he's going to be out there to take out as many saints as possible and, and behead them. Many are going to be, be beheaded before it's over, folks. 
But if you go that route, then, you know, God knows if you or I are, are going to go that route, then what's going to happen is you're going to get a martyr's reward. It's an honor to die for Jesus. Love of the twelve disciples did. Judas, you know, he killed himself, committed suicide when, when the spirit, you know, Satan entered into him. Well, my point here is um, these demons, okay, they're also wandering the globe. You know, it says Satan is like a roaring lion, roaming around seeking whom he may devour, and so you know he can only be one place at at one time. He's not omnipresent like God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. But um, what he does use, he uses a very complex, very detailed uh, command and control structure. Much like the military, he has his generals and his he has his um, he has his foot soldiers. He has his princes and principalities and rulers and kings and dukes. He goes all the way down the list. Okay, his centurions and um, many who have seen in the spirit world see a lot of these uh, fallen angels dressed in Roman armor. Those that have seen the angels of God that are on our side have also said that uh, they see them much like the the Roman armor of Jesus' time. Uh, Michael Bolday and Prophet Scott Lathrop both have some very interesting stories of angels. So does Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and those have been privileged to see them from time to time. And, you know, they're various sizes. Um, probably the reason God doesn't allow us to see the demonic spirits many times in the flesh is because uh, you probably your heart couldn't take it. They're so horrible and repulsive. But uh, demons exist, and uh, you can see them when they manifest people. They'll take and they'll contort their faces. You can see it in the eyes. They have supernatural strength. Uh, I saw it with my own eyes. I looked at a demon eye to eye. And it spoke. I saw a little kid where a, a demonic spirit, uh, they were doing a mass deliverance rather, and a, a, this particular demon was called out and coming through rap music. And this young kid, I don't think he was more than 12 to 15 years old, uh, he had superhuman strength, almost knocked over the pew. He bucked like a, a bucking bronco off of his seat. A couple guys grabbed him. Uh, before he could run out of the church, because what will happen a lot of times in these delivered services is the demon will manifest like popcorn. They're sitting there, just a regular person, all of a sudden the demon's called out, boom! They pop up out of the seat like popcorn, and and the demon now is in full control, manifesting and trying to get them out of there to avoid being cast out. I mean, I've heard demons cry out, you know, why did you bring me here? I told you not to come! And they were, you know, screaming because the person had... You know, made it into church, and now the demon's time was up. Is going to get cast out. I've seen you know six, seven people have to hold these demons down. Now, not every deliverance session is the same. Sometimes, yes, you can rely on God's angels to hold people down. That's happened too. But the point I'm trying to make is this stuff becomes it becomes very apparent that uh, demons are real when you actually go to a church that knows about one third of Jesus Christ's ministry. The reason people, okay are signing up by the droves into the occult, is that they're looking for power that's pretty non-existent in most churches. Yeah, you might have um, a rhythm and a beat, you know, some some music that doesn't even give um, glory to Jesus Christ or talk about the blood of Jesus, which is the only thing that saves you and I, or is 
crucifixion on Calvary and raising again on the third day. But, you know, you'll feel pumped up and you'll feel energized by this worldly beat, really bringing glory many times to just a singer. And uh, what happens is uh, you think that the presence of God is there with you. God may not even be there. His Shekinah glory probably already left most churches. And you know what? They don't talk about deliverance. You don't see people being set free or being healed. They just say, well, alas, you know, that's what doctors are for. Folks, doctors don't cure anybody, by and large. They treat the symptoms. And you tell me why we've got so many that have psychological problems, which are really just demonic spirits, and they're going to doctors and taking Xanax to sleep. You know, they're on Prozac because they're depressed. And then you have the kids that, you know, don't want to go to church because they don't see anything there. They don't see any proof of the miracles of God, like the Word says. And then they'll rationalize, well, that was before that day. You know, and the pastor who doesn't speak in tongues says, you know, those gifts are not for today. You know, they'll use anything as a cop-out. The truth of it is, is there is real deliverance going on still, praise God. And there's real miracle healing, and there's going to be more before it's all over with. The fruits of the Spirit are for today. Tongues is for today. And there's even going to be people being raised from the dead. Pat Holliday saw it five times. I praise God for people like Dr. Pat Holliday, for Hegewish, John Franklin, John Gogan, John Kyle, Pastor Mike Thier, Norman Parrish, Chuck Holtzhauser. You know, the many men and women of God out there that uh, have what the road of deliverance in the full gospel, which is preaching Jesus Christ for salvation. You know, the only way to God is Jesus Christ. It's not Allah. It's not Muhammad. It's not Bodhi Dharma. It's not Hare Krishna. And it's certainly not Joseph Smith, who is burning in hell as we speak. Okay, my friends? And it's not Satan. Satan doesn't have a great retirement plan, by the way, if you're a witch or warlock tuning in. He can give you some temporal things, but he comes back to collect on his contract. And um, you're going to need some help if you have made a satanic contract. You can be set free, praise God. But it's better not to get entangled to begin with. But you're certainly not going to see the full gospel in many churches. In fact, they're not even preaching the gospel. They're preaching another Jesus Christ. One that the Catholic Church promotes called Sol Invictus or Mithra that's worshipped on the Catholic High Holy Days. He has a, a halo around his his head, and um, that's actually Mithra, Mithras. You do a Google search on Mithras, M-I-T-H-R-A-S. The Jesus Christ of the Bible, in Hebrew, Yeshua, was the Son of God who died on the cross, rose from the dead. He's seated on the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back again for you and I. And those that will receive him into their heart and sell out to Jesus Christ. Say, God, not what I want to do, but what you want me to do. They'll be willing to lay down their life if necessary. You know, we've been called to preach the gospel, cast out demons, lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. That's what we've been called to do. And time's short, my friends. If you're a lukewarm believer out there, and you're not doing any of those three, you need to ask yourself, what's up? I was a lukewarm believer. I was like most, you know, grab my Starbucks on the way to church, go in, throw a couple bucks in the offering plate, and then hope that the pastor finished by noon so I could go over and have 
lunch at the Olive Garden or Longhorn Steakhouse and then go home, you know, and go back to my my life in the world. You wouldn't have been able to tell me from someone in the world, as is the case with most people that call themselves Christians today. But I'll tell you something. Persecution is the line in the sand that's going to sort the hot from the cold and cause the lukewarm to make a decision to be hot or cold. That's the reason persecution is coming to the church. It says many will be offended for my name's sake. Jesus already told us what to expect in this last day. Offense is coming. Don't be surprised if the American Christian becomes a new terrorist here in America in the eyes of the government. Already the FBI has us on terrorist list. Those that believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible or believe or talk about things like the New World Order or, or talk about the Tribulation period. Go Google Operation Megiddo. Okay, State Department, Justice Department, FBI. They've, they have already, behind the scenes, classified anybody who believes in Jesus Christ and the Bible as a uh, terrorist. Uh, I would not be surprised if there's a trigger event blamed on a Christian and we become the new Al-Qaeda, which incidentally was a creation of the CIA. Yeah, that's right. The CIA did create Al-Qaeda. September 11th was an inside job. That's, that's for another show. How sad it is that 10 years later we're still in Afghanistan. We still haven't found Osama bin Laden. We never will because he's been dead a long time ago. Don't take my word for it. Take uh, Prime Minister Bhutto's word for it. Well, you have to uh, take her word for it on a David Frost interview of the BBC that he did with YouTube because she's now dead. It wasn't long after she revealed what happened to uh, Osama bin Laden that she was uh, shot and assassinated in Pakistan. But, uh, yeah, Osama bin Laden was a double agent. His uh, code name in the CIA was Tim Osman. He was having to have dialysis twice a week prior to September 11th, and you certainly don't have that happening down in the cave. He is um, the bogeyman that George Orwell wrote about in 1984. The government creates the phantom menace, and we're in a perpetual war chasing a bogeyman that doesn't exist. Yet it keeps America uh, in a position of uneasiness. You know, please uh, save us from... Osama bin Laden will give away our freedoms and rights. Yeah, we'll push through the American Patriot Act 1 and 2 and Homeland Security Bill, and we won't even vote on it. Uh, I mean, we won't even uh, read it before we vote on it, rather, as was the case. It's just so urgent. If we don't do this, um, you know, we're going to collapse. That's the same line of crap that they gave us when they passed through this bailout package. In fact, there are congressmen that went on the record to say they were threatened. That if uh, they spoke out against it, that uh, we would be pushed into martial law. Folks, martial law is coming, okay? But they wanted a chance to get the money out of the country, okay, into offshore bank accounts before they um, turned on the full vacuum, which is taking everything out of 
America jobs, finances, industry. And what they're doing is they're draining the American, okay? There will be no more middle class. By the time it's over with, you'll be poor on food stamps or you'll be ultra-rich. There will be no in-between. You listen to uh, Rick Wiles, True News. They had uh, three independent reports. Uh, I believe they had Augusto Perez, Nathan Liao, and a third unnamed individual. Went by initials. Two of them got uh, inside information. One heard directly from the Lord. It all was corroborated that we're going to see dollar devaluation, I believe, this year, within the next six months. You thought the bottom had dropped out? Folks, we've got a long way to go. And uh, that basically means you're going to wake up and everything that you you buy now is going to cost you double. I went and filled up my truck today, and it was 3.23 a gallon. God have mercy. Do we have a shortage of oil? Absolutely not. We've got enough oil for America alone the last several hundred years over in Prudhoe Bay that they capped in the 70s. Not to mention all the oil wells in Texas that have been capped, and people are receiving royalties off of to keep them capped. This is a scam. It's called contrived chaos. Okay, and they're going to devalue the dollar. They're going to crash the dollar and the euro. They're going to bring about a one-world economic unit. Why are they doing this? Why is it being allowed? Because unless they can rob America of its wealth and put us on the level of a third-world nation, okay, they can't bring about this new world order system. Everything's pegged to the dollar. They've got to crash the dollar to bring down the whole house like falling dominoes. Now, there'll be some that are insulated, China, Russia, India. They've been the prudent ones. They've been buying gold and silver and backing up their currencies, Russia especially. You know, they're backing up the ruble. Now they've got all the natural gas contracts. They've got oil. You've got China with all their precious minerals that they're um, harvesting over there. Then you've got all these countries who are selling us crap goods that break down on the most part within three months. That's been my experience when I buy something from Walmart or Target or Best Buy. I will at least say this. If you're going to buy something, make sure you get the excuse me, get the extended warranty plan. <laughs> I didn't do it. Everything I had broke. Just cheaply made crap. And what they do is, uh, you know, we said, no, I, I want, to, I want uh, everything cheap. Well, you're getting cheap, cheaply made instead of American-made goods or quality Japanese or German goods. I like the Japanese and German goods. And what happens is the money is going to China. They're turning around taking all these dollars, and they're buying up resources in America, as the Russians are too. We're being sold into slavery, folks. American citizens are going to wake up one day and have no option but get into the food camps, the FEMA martial arts, okay. <laughs> the FEMA food camp line. Martial law will have set in. It's coming. Even heard a report in the last few days that uh, Alpine Foods, Mountain House Foods, and these freeze-dried foods are just being bought up by container loads, by Homeland Security and other government agencies because they know something's coming. Not everybody is in on uh, all the inside track. You know, it's compartmentalized still to a large part. It's um, on a need-to-know basis, but there are the elitists that are getting together, the Bohemian Grove, the G20, 
the Bilderberger meet meetings and you know the like around the world, and they're making the decisions that are going to affect you and I. And I'm not really concerned with who the players are because I mean I know that it's just kind of a waste of time to spend too much time on that. Just get up to the top and find out who's in charge. It's Satan. Okay? This is revelation being revealed before your eyes. His goal is to imprison you and I. And ultimately force us to a decision. Are we going to reject Christ to save our head? That's where we're, it's going. Do you have to have fear? No. Not if you know Jesus Christ, because regardless of what happens to your body, absent the body to be present before the Lord. And there's a reward if you'll endure till your end, whatever that may be, and not deny Christ. Now, there are going to be people that are going to endure. Um, there'll be some that are beheaded. There's some that will die in the camps. There's some that will take it. Congratulations. You won. Oh, man, that pop-up um, advertisement. Excuse that. There's some that are going to say, hey, I'm going to take my AR-15. I'm going to fight the New World Order. Folks, this is a war you can't win. This is not Vietnam or World War II. God is going to allow this to happen to sift the saints. Through persecution, there'll be no more fence sitters, no more lukewarm. They'll either jump on the side of the, the B system because they're not ready to, to give their life for Jesus Christ, or they'll um, be as hot as ever for Christ and be used in a mighty way as a mighty testament. There'll be some that uh, will survive the, the upheaval that's coming, the nuclear biological chemical attacks that are going to be commonplace, the famine, the wars, this stuff's coming, okay? And if you're doing what God wants you to do and he wants to keep you alive, he can hide you. You can be have a nuke go off down the street. You can walk right through the crater. There, it says my people are going to do exploits. God has a job to perform here, okay? And uh, the ones that need to fear are those that don't know Jesus Christ who, or who laugh at this concept that their world is getting ready to change, that their whole paradigm is about to come to an end. Again, we have nothing to worry about if we know that we are in Jesus Christ and we're ready to meet the Lord come what may. Once you made that decision, you ask God, God, what would you have me to do? God doesn't have the same escape plan for everybody. Some are supposed to leave the city. Some are supposed to be at ground zero. David Wilkerson knows he's going up in the nuke cloud. God already told him that and showed him that New York City would be taken out, would burn with fire. Jonathan Hansen also saw it. If you're in New York City, it would be a, a good thing probably to get out of there. Unless you just want to go up in the first, you know, mushroom cloud. If God has told you to be in a particular location, then you need to obey the Lord. God will take care of you or he'll take you home. And I believe when it comes down to it, um, it'll be a quick way to glory. It'll be like Stephen. I don't even think he felt the pain. He was smiling as he looked into heaven and they were stoning him to death. Okay, uh, but God's going to weed rebellion out. And to think that you can fight Satan with the arm of the flesh, that's a losing proposition. They thought to do that in Jeremiah's time, and ultimately the king who disobeyed Jeremiah and the word of warning from the Lord went into captivity, blinded after he saw his children slaughtered. And it happened just like God said it was going to go down. It's going to happen that way to America, Babylon. 
We're the only country that meets all 120-plus biblical parameters to be in time Babylon. Yes, there is a geographical Babylon. It's called Iraq. But that's not the cup. and That wasn't the golden cup in God's hand. It's not a Christian nation. It doesn't meet any of the parameters. America does, though. And um, you want to know where we are in Bible prophecy? America, that is, Jeremiah 50 and 51, Revelation 18. Ultimately, in one hour, it's going to be destroyed by a nuke. And the merchants of the earth are going to be offshore, headed in with their cargo ships. Like happens every day in New York, Florida, Los Angeles. And they're going to say, alas, they're going to cry. There's not going to be anybody to buy their goods anymore. It'll be a habitation that'll just be uh, the habitation of owls, lizards, cockroaches. And it won't be visited anymore. It'll be over with. Um, many believe that before that terrible day of the Lord comes, Revelation 18, that where it's destroyed one hour, that many will be told to have, have fled. I hope that's the case. But if not, you know, and I have to go up in the nuke cloud. I, I want to be working until the Lord comes. We've been told to occupy. You know, we're all going to die at one time or another. The question is, is how did you live? Because how you chose to live and spend your time is going to dictate what you've got in terms of an eternal reward. Yes. Primary goal is to get into heaven. Even the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than the greatest here on earth. Okay? But there'll be some that go in with nothing but the smell of smoke. You know, everything that they did will be tried by fire, and if it doesn't survive the fire, poof. They make it in, but they lose their reward. I want to have a reward because eternity is forever. There's no stop. And um, it is getting late in the game, but it's not <clears throat> too late to do something now for the Lord. You've got to ask him what that is. You know, the, the general command is to preach the gospel, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. In this time coming, I believe there will be a lot of opportunity to raise the dead, especially some loved ones that may be dying around you. Just go down and tap them, rise in the name of Jesus. I'm looking forward to that day. In fact, I wear contacts, and uh, I've anguished over what happens when I can't buy contacts anymore well, I'm looking forward to day real soon. I'm going to be able to lay hands on my eyes, or someone will command healing in Jesus' name, and I'm going to get uh, 20-20 vision without the need of correction. But sometimes we don't get everything we want. In the case of Paul, God knew he had such a level of revelation that he, his head would have exploded just being so proud. You know, he had seen Jesus. He had been taught under Gamaliel, and he could quote for you verbatim the Torah, the first five books of Moses, Genesis to Deuteronomy. Can you imagine that? He could quote it out of rote memory. Very learned individual. He'd been on both sides of the camp, chasing down Christians to arrest them, put them in jail, and have them murdered for the gospel. And then he was chosen to take the gospel message to the Gentiles, Peter to the Jews. How interesting it is that the Roman Catholic Church 
um, put all their focus on Peter, who was, didn't even take the gospel to the Gentiles. Okay, his mission was to the Jews. Peter went to the Gentiles. Yes, he did preach to the house of Cornelius, but he went to the Jews. That's, isn't that interesting? They don't talk much about Paul. But I digress. So there's going to be an opportunity to do some things here for the Lord. Maybe your job is to feed the hungry. What else did Jesus say we should do? We should visit those in jail, visit those that are sick, bless the orphans, feed them, clothe them, the widows. You know, there's widow ladies out there that don't have a husband, and maybe they have no kids, and they're living on a real small income. I know one lady lives on $400 a month. I don't know how she lives on that. But weren't, weren't for other people, help her. You're also to bless Israel, Genesis 12:3. Those are our brothers and sisters over there. We are the wild branch grafted into the, along with the natural branch, into the olive tree, Jesus Christ. We have the same rights and privileges now being part of the commonwealth of Israel in terms of the promises given to Abraham and his descendants. You know, we're joint heirs with Christ, but we have not supplanted the Jew, the natural born. God is going to save his people. Israel, through much turmoil and death, unfortunately, there will be many that will die before they receive their Messiah, Jesus Christ, in Hebrew, Yeshua. But he will redeem them. And, uh, you know, it's our job to bless Israel. Not our job to worry about the politics. Just stand by them, because the rest of the world hates their guts. There were six million Jews put into the furnaces under Hitler's reign. And I talked to many fellow Christians, and they got the same spirit. They're anti-Semitic. They hate Israel. And I said, you know, you got a spirit of Hitler inside of you, don't you? Not to mention you got a curse on your head that I wouldn't want to have on mine because you're cursing them instead of blessing them. We call them reprobate, and most of us are reprobate in the American church. We're chasing another Jesus. We don't believe the gifts are for today. We don't believe that deliverance is for today. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to give the devil too much glory. Well, that's fine, and he'll stay inside of you because you ignore him. He doesn't care. Satan would prefer you not to focus on him. Then he can do his work inside of you unabated. But I'm here to tell you that demons are real, and when you've got a child who is taking chunks out of their arm, trying to bite their toes off because they went to a summer camp and played with a Ouija board, which you can buy at Books a Million right now, and most of these bookstores, it's an abomination. And then they come back and you don't know what the heck to do with them. You've taken them to every psychologist, and they just want to put them on strong antidepressant drugs and psychotropics, and that doesn't work. What are you going to do? Well, thank God that in this particular case, case we're talking about, some brethren knew what to do, and they knew that was a demonic spirit. Unfortunately, the pastor of the church where they went had no idea. It's just like that. I would encourage you to go to your pastor and say, Brother, I need to have a demon cast out of me, and see what their expression is going to be. They'll probably look at you with some... You know, repulsion. Uh, you know, we don't do that here. Oh, I, I'm sorry. 
had to call and make an appointment. I got to go to, I got to go into the green room and have dinner. Yes, many, some of these pastors have green rooms. Do you know it? Just like uh, the talk show host late at night, they talk about the green room. Well, I digress. Um, my point is, we need to occupy till we till the Lord Jesus Christ comes. He's got a job for each and every one of us to do. Everybody can do something to one degree or another, even if just let your light shine. Others God is blessed financially. Well, then bless those that are less fortunate. Help some homeless people. Bless the widows, the orphans, those in disaster. Bless Israel. I've been to Israel twice, and I'll tell you there's some areas over there that are ghettos. Many people have been displaced or homeless because we stuck our nose over there instead of standing by Israel and telling the Arabs to go home. We told Israel to give up the land that God gave them. God is not a does not take back on his promise. He's not an Indian giver, for lack of a better word, like we did to the American Indians here in America. How many treaties did we make and we broke? And now many of them are broken spiritually on Indian reservations with no hope except for maybe a casino that comes on there to raise some income. So, yes, we can do something. You can support the deliverance ministry. There's no greater miracle that I know of outside of salvation but to see somebody delivered through Jesus Christ. I get emails. I get phone calls. We can't take care of them all. There's so many people crying out in need, and there's so few deliverance workers. We get people asking all the time, where can I go? That's a, that's a, a long-standing problem. There's not many places that you can go because the American church and pastorate have forsaken one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry. They probably don't even know what it is. Ask them, what is the full gospel? They'll tell you the full gospel is to sow $1,000 seed for your Mercedes-Benz. Or write in for your six-pack of holy water. I mean, it's an abomination what's going on out there. But I'm here to tell you there is hope. You don't have to be tormented at 3 a.m. and raped by Incubus and Succubus and Asmodeus. You don't have to be tormented with these thoughts that you just can't shake. Or the shadow people, as they call them, that you see in your home. From those that have been involved heavily in the occult and opened up that doorway. You don't have to be tormented by addiction. Demonic spirits, folks, or lustful thoughts all the time. Why is pornography such a, a problem in the church, folks? Because these people open up the gateway and they don't know how to get set free in Jesus' name from these spirits. And I'll tell you, probably one of the biggest uh, gateways is just bitterness and unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is an epidemic in the American church. We sit and we engage in gossip and slander and backbiting, three things that God hates that you don't get into heaven if you do it and don't repent. And what happens? We open up the door. 
We don't forgive. We can't get forgiven, the Word says. If you don't forgive, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you. And then what happens is the door opens up, the demons flood in. And they don't come in just onesie-twosies. They'll come in troops, families, groupings, you know, legions. You've got a big problem on your hands, then. It may not be so easy to get them out. It's a lot easier to keep them out than it is to get them out, in many cases. Sometimes God will allow the demon to stay in you, back to Paul. Paul was, would have been so puffed up, God knew it. He sent a, a messenger of Satan to afflict Paul. Thorn in his flesh. It was a demon that resided in his fleshly body. I don't know if he ever got delivered or not. It doesn't say. But it kept him humble. And it kind of alludes to it, you know, something that caused weakness. It may have been actual infirmity, a spirit that causes an infirmity, maybe like a loss of vision. You know, he talks about how in his own handwriting his own letters got larger and larger. You know, he seemed to have had a problem with his vision. He also had some type of speech impediment that, uh, you know, people would look at him when they'd actually see him coming to town, and they say, hey, you know, your letters are so weighty and, and uh, to the point, and, uh, you know, and then we hear you speak, you know. You def- you know, they, they, they would... He, he talked about his own issue, which was he had a hard time speaking. Maybe he stuttered, like Moses. Did you know Moses stuttered? He had a speech impediment. So he was certainly a better writer than he was orator. But by God's grace, he got through it, and there was mighty signs and wonders that were seen, and that's how they knew that Paul had power. They could see the signs and wonders being performed. Something, unfortunately, missing in many churches today, and that's why the youth of America go and look for a source of power, and unfortunately they fall to Satan. He's able to fill that void because we don't uh, do what we've been commissioned to do in the American church, or we don't believe it. It can be done. And I'm not talking about everyone listening here. If the shoe fits, wear it. But it is an epidemic of grand proportions here in America. And uh, unfortunately, um, the American church is not being equipped for what is about to be unleashed on this earth. The hosts of hell are about to break through the veil. They're going to be unleashed at some point in time in Revelation 9-11. The pit gets opened up. Abaddon or Apollyon, the king of the pit, is allowed to unleash these things. These things are going to be coming on over. You know, they're going to appear to some probably as UFOs. But they don't have good intentions, I can tell you that much. They want you to worship them and reject Jesus Christ. You better know how to do deliverance when you come face to face with one of these creatures. You might not have to wait that long, because I believe that we're in the last hours before the end of this age. Not the end of the world, mind you. The world's not going anywhere for a while. We've still got a thousand year millennium at least, after the seven years. And look, if I'm wrong in my eschatology and we get out of here earlier, then praise God. I'll race you to heaven. I'll invite you over for uh, some cappuccino at my mansion. But uh, I honestly believe that uh, many of us are going to have the opportunity to to make the same decision that Peter did. Will you go to your cross or will you deny Jesus three times for the cock crows? 
If you want to call in, we'll take your call. We got a caller on the line from four two three area code. How are you tonight? I'm doing good, Shannon. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Praise God. Uh, I was I called in the other night and uh, when you had pa- uh, Pastor Kyle. I, I can't remember if that was his first name or his last name. Yeah, Pastor John Kyle. Yes, sir. Yeah, John Kyle. I thought I heard you say that earlier. I was thinking it was Kyle something, but I guess I was wrong. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> I, you were just talking a few minutes ago about incubus and succubus and yes, sir. And uh, you, then you said you don't have to be uh, something about thought. You don't have to have these thoughts, that, you know, in your mind. Uh, not about incubus and succubus, but uh, you don't have to be uh, tormented, right? Tormented by thoughts. So something. Yeah, that's what you said. Do you think that is that like a spirit? I mean, because it's like I've got some stuff. That is pending in my life, legal issues and 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 whatnot, and it's just like I, I'm bad about overanalyzing, and you know I'm just letting this stuff like drive me crazy, if you will. You know I think about it so much, and and I was listening last night, and he uh, he was talking about fasting there at the end, and um. Well, you know, Isaiah 58 talks about um, fasting to uh, break the strongholds and the bands of wickedness. You know, it does a number of things. Um, Fasting is required for some demons to leave you. Some only go out by prayer and fasting. And um, fasting can can break the demonic grip on your life. It can also restore your health and detox, as you know, and cause you to, to be able to hear more clearly the Lord speak. So there's a number of benefits and reasons why people fast. Um, I need to fast, and I've fasted at most of my life three days, I'm ashamed to say. And uh, then I hear people that have went seven days or ten, or I know some that have went almost 40. And I, I had to look, and I say, wow, man, I, I'm asking God to make me stronger so I can st- make fasting a regular part of my life because, you know, there's just some things that you just can't break from without it for whatever reason. So if you haven't tried that, then that's definitely something to try. And maybe, you know, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. Um, Try, make a goal one day. I've done that, and then I'll try two days. And then maybe that's as much as I go, but... (laughs) I've done one day before, and I could tell that it helped break uh, the deal I was trying to break. But then, you know, I went and opened myself back up to it. So, I mean, I I know that it works. I, I just... He he was talking about different forms of it, you know. I, I assumed that fasting was only, you know, not eating, but he was talking about um, something about like um, <clears throat> beet, uh, something like putting beets and stuff in water and strength. Well, you know, there's different examples of fasting in the Word. You know, Jesus fasted for, what, 40 days, 40 nights? Right. And um, my understanding is, you know, he didn't have any bread or water. Uh, definitely didn't eat, but my point. Then you've got uh, Daniel, which just fasted, um, you know, from meats. He would he was given a portion off the king's table because he worked there in the court, and uh, when he was brought over during exile, and uh, he refused that and basically ate herbs, you know, vegetables, right? Probably soups, you know, maybe fruits. Um, you know, there's some that uh, will just fast meat. Um, I will tell you when I went three days. I was in such a position that uh, I needed a, a breakthrough, and I'd never done it before, and I was just forced into it. And uh, I went just water for three days, got nauseous, 
because I made a mistake. I wasn't drinking enough liquid. One thing I will tell you, if you're going to fast and just go on liquids, you got to make sure you put enough liquid inside of you. Uh, and some people will, you know, just go water. They may do like an electrolyte mix, as Benjamin was talking about, which I think is prudent. And, you know, I, I believe God will respect it. Um, you know, that's between you and the Lord. Right. Um, you know, there's different varieties, but I think just doing something is important. Um, usually what I try to do, though, is I, I abstain from food, and I would just go liquids. So, you know, some people can't because maybe they're a diabetic or they've got a particular condition. And, you know, do what you can do. It's between you and the Lord, but it's it's uh, it's doing something I think is important. But back to your t- your question about uh, sexual attacks. Um, are you being attacked uh, at night? No. Uh, no, I was just trying to remind you about what what you had said. You said incubus, succubus, and you were talking about thoughts. And I, I was just, it brought to my mind how I can't, how these thoughts are just messing with me. But it has nothing to do with incubus or succubus, no. Well, you know, God makes us as sexual machines, especially men. And right. I've often asked God, I said, God, why didn't you create us with a switch that I could just flick off? Yes. You know, and turn off the desire. Yeah, I, um, I struggle with that, you know. You know, um... You know, if someone wanted to make themselves a eunuch, well, I say, God bless them, and that's not for me. But, you know, the the, the point is, uh, you get into um, a precarious situation. Um, you know, the word is very clear. It's better to uh, marry than to burn. Right. And, um, you know, uh, some say, hey, I want to be celibate. Apparently, the Apostle Paul took that at one point in his life. I, I think he was married at one point in time, but for whatever reason, uh, maybe his wife left him or he, she died. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he he was celibate in later years. But you know, I wasn't called to do that. As many weren't. So what do you do? Well, hopefully you have a you know a godly woman and you can be married. But what happens in the time of separation? You know, I've been I was separated nine months due to geographical limitations. You know, my wife's overseas. I'm over here. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's been rough. And so uh, the problem you've got is, uh, you know, you cannot uh, fall into that trap and open the door for pornography. You know, Internet porn, it's so easy to access now. You could just be on YouTube and all of a sudden, you know, looking at something godly, and then in the, in the corner something pops up and you've got a scantily clad woman. Right. Or you're watching TV and, you know, uh, you know, same thing occurs. You know, there's so many gateways, whether it be movies, music, uh, Internet, to open up the door to pornography. And uh, if you do that, uh, then you're definitely going to have a problem because what's going to happen is a, a spirit's going to enter in, and now you've got a, a problem. You got to kick it. You got to deal with it and kick it out. Another problem is people fall into masturbation, and uh, when you do that, you're conjuring up in your mind um, an image of something you've you know you've seen a, a beautiful woman, and uh, you know you're basically uh, opening the door for demonic spirits to come in. What if you're separated? And, I, I, hmm. asked, <laughs> I asked God, God that the other day. I said, God, what do you do? Well, I'm, you, know, I, you, can't, you can't jack your meat, uh, for lack of a better word, or you're going to open up the door for demonic spirits to come in. You can't get involved in pornography or well, they come in that way. Think about what do you your do? life. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Um, I, I would uh, only hope that uh, the separation doesn't have to be for a long time. Uh, in my particular case, uh, it was nine months before I was able to visit my wife again. Um, you know, I think about when I worked with the military and we had guys that were sent over to short tours. Uh, they would be sent over for, to Korea for 12 months at a time. 
or maybe to Honduras, what was called a dependent restricted tour, which means you couldn't take your family, even if you could afford to house them over there off post. And I said, God have mercy, uh, how cruel that was. And, you know, some of them would go over there and they would come back and their particular MOS special would be such high demand, maybe they were a pilot, uh, they would be sent over after a couple months back home and, you know, cause a lot of divorce. And so, you know, a lot of people fell into, you know, going to prostitutes. And then, you know, you've set up a sexual soul tie with a, a woman outside of marriage, and uh, now you've got demons coming in. Um, it's a real problem. I don't have the answer. All I know is uh, I got to the point I just had to ask God to help me. I said, God, you've got to help me. You've got to turn off the um, the switch and, you know, give, you know, give me some uh, peace here in this area. And he can do it. Uh, Amen. <laughs> but I, I would tell you, you know, it may be a wet dream on occasion, <laughs> you know, to relieve the pressure. I'm being a little bit graphic here. Maybe I might have to change this uh, particular program to explicit. But, no, folks, these are things that we face. And uh, we know a lot of people that uh, have succumbed to um, pornography or masturbation. They've opened up the door, and then they're getting attacked at night. What is incubus and succubus? These are demonic spirits that attack uh, men and women at night. Uh, some are being attacked so viciously that they're being raped. I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone who's been raped at night by a demonic spirit, literally. They're being molested. And uh, you have also, uh, apparently the fallen angel that's over these things uh, is Asmodeus. I've heard some of them pronounce it Asmodeus. And somewhere in the mix is a screech owl called Lilith, which, as I did some research on that, is uh, known as the fifth bride of Satan, or one of his five brides. Uh, at least that's what the occultists believe. But I have come into contact with Lilith, and it's a pretty nasty spirit. Um, and it can be cast out like the rest. And okay. along with that, you're going to probably have to be delivered from shame because, you know, you'll, you'll do these things um, to relieve the pressure and uh, then you feel, you know, you feel guilty. Yes. I'm talking about the area of masturbation. Now, I know people that are caught up in porn, and they know it's wrong, and they keep doing it, and they're married. And I said, what's wrong with you, man? I said, don't you know that's a sin, and you're opening yourself up for demonic spirits? And then the next thing you know, they're in counseling, their marriage is breaking apart. And I said, brother, listen, you're going to need God to heal your marriage, but you're not helping yourself by continuing to do porn. Knowing it's wrong, it's a sin, you're doing it. You've got to stop it. Uh, you got to ask God. Now, if you, if you make a mistake and, and fall, and I've fallen before, I had to repent, and then I commanded any demonic spirits that came in through that gateway to go in Jesus' name. And then I asked God to strengthen me, and, you know, um, you do the best that you can do. So but it's, a real, it's a real problem. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Are, are you saying that the... That Osmodeus incubus succubus is re is related to the spirit of masturbation, or that it's different. Yeah, what they do is they're they're known as sexual spirits, uh, night night spirits. They're in that class. They usually attack people at night for whatever reason. Um, you know, they'll come at uh, at night time. Uh, maybe you'll be laying there, and all of a sudden you get paralyzed, and uh, a lot of people feel something on their chest. That's usually Lilith right there. She sits on the chest as a screech owl. And one of the things that happens is you'll know she's been there because a lot of times uh, in the morning you've got a scratch mark on your arm. A lot of people say, hey, I'm getting scratched, and I don't know where the – I didn't remember it. I got – you know, she left a claw mark. This is true what I'm talking about, folks. 
Um, incubus and succubus, they come to people at night. They'll attack them and uh, sexually molest them in their dreams or while they're wide awake. We've had r reports of that. But, yeah, these sexual spirits are opened up through uh, a gateway such as, you know, any sexual sin, masturbation, pornography, and its various forms. And, uh, you know, if you, I'm not saying you're going to get it just one time, but uh, typically it, it, it could be that easy. If it's, if it's a repeated sin that you're doing, you're in real danger of these things coming in because you've, you've given them a legal right to come in. Um, you know, the Word does say that uh, with every uh, temptation, you know, God gives a, uh, a way of escape. I'm paraphrasing it. So, you know, what we have to do is uh, we have to, um, when we're being attacked, we've got to take these thoughts into captivity. When these thoughts come, you know, go, do, you know, go in the bathroom and do that thing, or go get on the Internet, or go watch this video. You've got to rebuke the. You've got to rebuke the devil. It says, "Resist the devil, and he shall flee." Right. You might have to get up and uh, uh, run out the door. <laughs> Put yourself in a place where you can't do these things. Um, you know, whatever it takes. It might be like Joseph. You know, he was right there in temptation. You know, Potiphar's wife was in there to seduce him, and she grabbed his robe, and he had to run out naked. If he had stayed there, he probably would have fallen into the temptation. You know, it's different for everybody. Some people are able to control the urges more than others. You know, there's some people that have not had relations in 25 years. I don't know how that could be, but, you know, um, I guess God gives them the grace. You know, some people run hotter than others. Um, but I will tell you that, um, you know, that's why God created a mate for the, for the man. You know, Adam couldn't make it alone. And so he gave me Eve. And... Um, Sex is a, is a beautiful thing. It's in the right context. Uh, you know, God created it. This wasn't a creation of Satan by any means. He just simply perverts it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's tough, and I'm speaking from experience. You know, I'm, um, I'm in, a, uh, in a situation where I'm, you know, I cannot be with my wife right now. And unless I were to, um, to, to move permanently overseas at this juncture in my life. And, you know, I'm over here to do work for God, and there's some sacrifices sometimes. I just have to trust and pray that I can, you know, have frequent visitations. Uh, in your particular case, are you divorced, uh, separated, or what is the deal? <clears throat> We're uh, separated. We're not divorced. Um, well, praise God. You know, there is hope for you. Yeah, we're we're seeing a a Christian counselor, and there is hope. I mean, we're talking and stuff, and even um, seeing each other and stuff. But at, at this point, we're continuing to to try to work on it from a distance. So, Well, you just might have to have relations more often. Uh, you know, again, if you are married, okay, uh, even if you're in a separated state, you're allowed to have relations. I'm not saying that uh, it's always going to happen. But you're not divorced, uh, so that's your legal right to be with your wife. And even if you're at the point you've got some things to, to work out and you can't be with each other 24-7, uh, you don't need to feel guilty if, if when you do come back together, you have relations. You have a right to do that. And right. uh, if you are married out there and listening and you're withholding sex from your mate, the Bible says don't do that. that. That's what causes people to fall into temptation and sin. And many people use that as a means of extortion. Uh, some of you know what I'm talking about out there. And, you know, that's what causes people to fall. Because, you know, God did put these desires in us, and uh, unless you were made a eunuch, or you chose to make yourself a eunuch, then, you know, 
you're going to have the desire to um, consummate uh, your relationship. And if you're single out there, then, uh, you know, hey, and you're battling, then you need to get married. Bottom line, because if you have sex outside of marriage, fornication, and uh, you open yourself up for demonic spirits to come in. So, you know, I, my advice to you, brother, in this time, I know you've got to work some issues out. I don't know all the detail of it, but uh, when you have these urges, you just have to ask the Lord to help you. You have to rebuke Satan, command him to leave in Jesus' name, and just ask God to help you to stay strong. And try to focus that, uh, that energy in, in some other pursuit. Uh, that's the best advice I can have, I can give you. I mean, do I slip up? Yeah, sure, everybody does. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just have to ask God to help you. Right. I would be a liar to tell you that I don't struggle. Um, but thank God I uh, have not um, succumbed to uh, to porn. Um, have I looked at porn in my life? Sure I have. But I understand the danger of it, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, so I resist. And you know, I have brothers out there who have been single for 14 years. I don't know how they do it. I guess that's as frank as I can get with you. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, what, what you're struggling with is, is something that is not uncommon to mankind across the world. And so, you know, the Lord is going to have to help us. And this is just one form of, you know, temptation. Others are addicted to uh, cigarettes or alcohol. Maybe they've done it and they're trying to break free. You know, they need some deliverance. I will tell you, deliverance can help you, though. Because uh, if, if it's an overwhelming desire you just can't shake, the chances are the demonic spirits have come in and they're going to have to be ejected, and that's what's causing you uh, to really battle with it is, you know, you've got the demonic spirits inside, you know, spirits that have come in, or spirits of lust, uh, you know, these different spirits that we named, or in that family grouping, and uh, they're inside tormenting you day and night. Right. You could do, you could do self-deliverance. But if you don't get any relief, that's when you have uh, brethren pray for you. Do you need some prayer tonight? Um, yeah. I'd be I'd be honored to pray. Now you know Jesus as your personal Savior. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, then you know, then you are uh, then you're entitled to the children's bread. Uh, if you were not saved tonight, all I would be able to do, other than lead you through, to lead you into salvation. Uh, except Jesus Christ, if you chose to do that. But if you didn't, all I could do would just be basically cage the foul spirits. Because if you cast a demon out of someone who's not a believer, there's nothing to hold that deliverance. And they just go out into dry places and they find, they basically, as a demon told me one time, send me to dry places, please. I said, no, you're going to Tartarus. He says, no, I want to go out there and regroup. And he was he was being frank, you know, brutally honest. They'll go out into dry places, they'll team up with others that are wandering there, and then they come back as a posse, back into the place they just left, and, you know, there's nothing to hold that deliverance. And they find it clean-swept, and, you know, you got seven more in you. But, you know, it doesn't mean you can't pray for someone. You just try to cage them up and ask God to have mercy on them. So um, any other areas that you're battling with? Well, <clears throat> the other night I was having you <clears throat> pray about, you know, the desire to, to not... Uh, do drugs and stuff. Um, I have a. We don't know your name, so you don't have to be embarrassed. But are you still yeah. using drugs? Uh, no, no, I've I've not used drugs in um, a few weeks or drank or anything. But I, I just have a tendency to to do good for 
a few weeks to a month and then and slip back you know into in, into it and it's got me into a little bit of trouble here at home and uh what type of uh drugs are we talking um uh, anything hard cocaine no, heroin no no just uh you know like opiates uh benzos any marijuana uh, marijuana a little bit but i've sort of phased that out in my life in the last couple of years but I'll, every now and then i have slipped back into it but not you know it's not uh, mainly the the main thing i struggle with is the desire to do opiates and benzos i guess okay okay absolutely listen you're being honest and that's the most that's important right there uh because hey there's people battling with all types of things out there right now whether they want to admit it or not um it's just a fact but uh, the lord can deliver you of that so uh, really what we need to do is uh just we just pray and what you want to do is ask the lord to forgive you for um doing the things that you should not do and you know when you ask for forgiveness and you mean it you know he doesn't remember that sin anymore you're going to of course need his help to continue to not do that and what we're going to do to then is we'll just we'll command any demons that came in to come out in jesus name see what the lord does so why don't we just pray something like this and if there's anybody out there listening that's struggling with uh, drugs alcohol sex uh whatever the addiction may be or the temptation that you're succumbing to you know, you can get some uh, deliverance right there by just praying with us. So, but if you're in agreement, we'll pray. Amen. Um, just say uh, something like this. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I ask that you would forgive me. Lord, I pray that you forgive me. For doing things that I ought not to do. For doing the things that I ought not do. I repent of using alcohol. I repent of using alcohol. I repent of a cigarette smoke. I or repent, the, I've never used... I've, I, no problem with cigarettes. Uh, forgive, forgive me for smoking weed. Forgive me for smoking weed. And for using any other type of uh, drug such as opiates. And for using any other type of drug such as opiates. I also ask... Forgiveness for engaging in porn on occasion. I also ask for forgiveness for engaging in porn on occasion. You know, that can be whether it be Internet porn or, or magazines or videos. Lord, you, you know what the issue is, and I just ask that you forgive me for opening up that uh, gateway to sin through pornography. Yes, Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for opening up that gateway through pornography. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for masturbation. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for masturbation. And I know that you understand my situation, and I ask that you would strengthen me. Lord, I know you understand my situation, and I ask that you would strengthen me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, brother, is there anything else that is coming to mind right now? Do you have anybody that's really hurt you in the past that um, maybe you got some bitterness or unforgiveness against? I don't. I I don't know. I mean, not not really. I mean, parents were divorced. I guess maybe I struggled with that a little bit, you know, when I was young. But yeah, I know that one real well. I I was uh, from a divorced family at eight, and I still live with some of the scars but uh 
you know, if the Lord brings anything to your mind, folks, someone you need to forgive, you definitely want to forgive them and release them because that'll that's a major gateway. That's one of the most common ways demonic spirits come in and attack us, and they stay rooted until we forgive. But, hey, why don't we just cover Just say, Lord, I forgive my parents. Lord, I forgive my parents. For divorcing? Divorcing. And put me in the uh, situation... Or put me to be in, raised as a latchkey kid. To be raised as a latchkey kid. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And you know, brother, I had to do the same thing. I uh, it was even recent that uh, I had to uh, forgive my mother uh, because I still was carrying anger when my parents divorced at eight and all the step parents that I had to endure. I had five stepfathers growing up. One year I was in four different schools in fourth grade, and it, it, it emotionally impacted me. Yeah. So uh, is there anything else that comes to mind? Would you ever dabble in the occult? Um, well, the other night I, I answered no to that, but uh, I've never played with Ouija boards or tarot cards or anything. But, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, I have watched in the past, you know, Harry Potter and... So, Lord, I just, uh, I repent for watching Harry Potter. Um, uh, the Twilight Saga. And any of these um, movies of a occultic nature like Twilight, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just repent for ever watching Harry Potter or Twilight or any of these movies that are in occult nature, Lord. Now, have you ever had sex outside of marriage? Uh, not in this marriage. Any, uh, before you got married, any fornication? Yes. Lord, I just ask that you forgive me for any fornication that I have committed in my life. Lord, I just ask that you forgive me for any fornication that I've committed in this life. And in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. And I break and cut all ungodly soul ties. And I break and cut all ungodly soul ties. Between me and any other woman that I've slept with outside of marriage. Between me and any other woman that I have slept with outside of marriage. I break and cut any soul ties with the occult. I mean, excuse me, I break and cut any uh, curses that came in through the occult. I break and cut any curses that have come in through the occult. Through reading Harry Potter or watching any of the, the TV series? Through reading Harry Potter or watching any of the TV series. I also break... The curse of the bastard going back ten generations on both sides of my family. I also break the curse of the bastard going back ten generations on any side of my family. Now, I personally, brother, don't know ten generations of my family, so I pray that prayer because when there is a bastard, it goes down ten generations, so we just cover that base just in case. Um, I also remit the sins of my father, fathers. I also remit the sins of my father's. And I ask that you would forgive my family for any sins that would result in family curses. And I also ask that you forgive me of any sins that would come from family curses. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just say, I bind the strong man inside of me. I bind the strong man inside of me. And I bind any of these spirits that have come in through generational curses. And I bind any of these spirits that have come in through me through generational curses. And I don't want you, and I want you to leave me now in Jesus' name. 
and I don't want you, and I want you to leave me now in Jesus' name. Okay, now I'm just going to pray, and uh, for any of you out there uh, that are listening that uh, are in agreement with us and praying for your own self as well, uh, spirits can come out any way that they want. They come in as breath. They can come out as John's burps. You could, you know, you could, uh, you might feel nauseous. If you feel nauseous, then vomit it out. It's a good thing. Every demon has one less in. They can come out any way that they want. Uh, important thing is just to get them out. So, you know, the good thing to do is just take a deep breath and, you know, from your stomach, just cough it out. So let's just pray. I'm going to pray right now, and um, there's no, you don't have to pray. In fact, you just kind of want to just be in agreement in your mind because it's like an ambulance going down the road. You don't want to get in the way of the ambulance. Some people might want to try to speak in tongues. You don't want to be doing that. You just want to let anything in, have a free access path out. You don't want to have any blockage going on. So we're just going to pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for my brother here who's been very candid and honest. And, God, he wants to get delivered tonight, and I lift up anybody else out there that has prayed along with us who realizes that, hey, they've missed it in some areas, like we all have, Father God. If there was anybody without sin and they were to say so, they would be hypocrite. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we thank you that when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, and we can repent and we can be washed clean. And you don't remember our sins anymore, Father God, when we repent sincerely. So I'm asking right now for deliverance from my brother today. I just ask that you would loose warrior angels, come down and surround him, very large angels with, war, with flaming swords and to surround him. And uh, I'm talking to any foul spirits in you right now. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're not going to hurt him. You're going to come up and out. You're going to manifest and come up and out, and when you come out, you go into Tartarus tonight. So right now, I bind you strong, man. In the name of Jesus Christ, I just throw him into a cage filled with the blood of Jesus right now to the top. And I bind any foul spirits that came in to the sexual gateway. So I call your name, you're going to come up and out, and you're going to Tartarus in Jesus' name. And Father God, I just ask that you would press your finger down on any spirits that you want out tonight in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of incubus, succubus. Asmodeus, I bind you. I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Loose him and let him go all the way out. Be weakened in the name of Jesus. Be weakened in the name of Jesus. Asmodeus, Asmodeus, Lilith, I bind you too. Come out. Loose him and let him go right now. Any spirits that have come in as he dripped, any, any witchcraft that has been performed on him in his night state, I just cut off of him right now in Jesus' name. Any demonic spirits that were sowed in his terrors at night, I bind you and I command you to come out of him right now in Jesus' name. Any spirit of lust, shame, sexual fantasy, guilt, come out. <coughs> Loose him and let him go right now. I command you to come out and go to Tartarus in Jesus' name. Angels of God, go into him right now and strip the demonic spirits of all armor, weapons, and take their power out right now in Jesus' name. I just pour the blood of Jesus down the throat of any foul spirits in you. And I command you to manifest and come up and out and go right now in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. Any spirits of bitterness, unforgiveness, we bind you, command you to come out right now in Jesus' name. Anger, rage, depression, sadness, despair, hopelessness, we bind you. Come out right now in Jesus' name. 
just come all the way out. you got to go. You have no right to be there. He doesn't want you in there. You're going to leave right now in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. Be weakened and come out in Jesus' name. I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to you, you foul spirits. If you hear me right now, I command you to leave him right now in Jesus' name and go. I come from my position seated with Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies, high above all the principalities and powers. And Jesus says, I give you all authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. That means you, demons. You must go in the name of Jesus Christ right now. You foul wicked spirits, I want you to look at Jesus Christ standing next to this brother right now. Bow your knee and come out right now in Jesus' name. Just take a deep cough, brother, out of your stomach and just cough it out. All the way out. Come on out. You've got to go. Angels of God, cut off any connectors between these foul spirits and any reinforcements. I ask God that you would spin the minds of these wicked spirits right now, around and around. I lose the spirit of Babylon in you, you demons. I ask God you lose blindness and confusion on these foul spirits right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Any spirits that came in through drug use, I'm talking to you. As I call your name, you're going to manifest and come up and out, and you're going to Tartarus. Marijuana, come out in the name of Jesus. Any demonic spirits that came in through opiates, psychotropic drugs, heroin, cocaine, amphetamines, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you. Be weakened and come out right now in Jesus' name. Any alcohol spirits, I bind you. Father God, I ask that you loose the spirit of burning to ignite the spirit of alcohol right now. Come out of him in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you. Be weakened in the name of Jesus Christ and loose him and let him go right now. Angels of God, attack formation. I want you to go in there. Angels of God, with the sword of the Lord at the lowest point, start driving these things up and out. Drive them to the surface, up and out of him in Jesus' name. Attack formation, attack right now. Angels of God, sword these foul spirits. No mercy for the wicked. Thrust these foul spirits through. Smite them in Jesus' name and drive them out. Just take a hook and put it in their jaws and rip them out of their angels of God. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask. I'm asking God that you would continue to press your finger down on any spirit you want out. I ask that you'd let the ten plagues of Egypt be sent against the, the demons that are trying to hide in this brother right now in Jesus' name. I'm asking God that you let the Shekinah gore of the Holy Spirit just go in and burn out any foul spirits from their hiding places. Reveal and expose them right now, we ask in Jesus' name. Command you wicked spirits to loose his human spirits and let him go in the name of Jesus. I break the yoke off of your neck right now, and I command you to loose his mind, any spirits of mind control. Loose them and let them go. Mind binders, occult mind control, end-time mind control, occult mind binding, I bind you. Come out in Jesus' name. Loose his mind and let him go. Any spirits that came in through the occult, dabbling with the occult, we bind you. Come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose and let him go. Witchcraft, come out in Jesus' name. Loose him and let him go right now. I stand in the gap for this brother, and I break any generational curses. Came in through occult, drugs, witchcraft, fornication, promiscuity. I break it off of him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I send it back to the original demonic sender. Right now, I break all hexes, vexes, curses, and spells. All forms of witchcraft off of you, hoodoo and voodoo. Any demonic lotions, any magic candles that have been burned to summon spirits against you. 
effigies, all form of word curses and witchcraft. I just break and cut off you, and I send back to the original demonic sender in Jesus' name. You wicked spirits, I'm talking to you. You've got to go right now. I'm talking to the demons right now. I, will, I reprogram you right now. New orders. You're going to obey. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to turn against a strong man in civil war. Throw him out right now. Save yourselves or you're going to the flames. Throw the strong man out. Out in the name of Jesus Christ. Command you to come out in Jesus' name. Loose and let him go right now. All out civil war right now in the name of Jesus. Just take another deep cough, brother, and just cough it out. <coughs> How are you feeling right now? I feel like I get hot when we do this. Like you feeling just your body core temperature going up? You feeling any pressure in your head? Uh, you got any pain anywhere? My back. You've got some pain in the back? Yeah. And right now, do you have any known diseases, or are you taking medication for any illnesses? No. Father God, I just lift him up right now, and I bind the spirit of infirmity. Any kind of demonic spirit that's tried to lodge itself in his back, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command you to come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the healing power of God in you right now. All spirits of infirmity, we bind you. Loose and let him go right now in Jesus' name. Any spirits of diabetes, heart attack, stroke, arthritis, cancer, we bind you. Loose and let him go in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose and let him go in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to any foul spirits that say that uh, my marriage is not going to be fixed. Any sadness, depression, any fear and paranoia and anxiety, I bind you. Loose him and let him go right now in Jesus' name. All the way out. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Again, I break any witchcraft that has come against him in his dream state. I just break it off of him and I send it back to the original demonic sender, along with any curses that have been sent against him. Sevenfold back to the original sender in Jesus' name. I just pour the oil of the Holy Spirit over you in the blood of Jesus right now. I ask God that you loose ministering spirits to him. I loose into you right now spirit of peace and love and joy, a sound mind, power in a sound mind. Wisdom and knowledge from Ephesians 1.17. I ask God for a wall of fire around him and, and the people out there right now listening. In accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5, I ask God that you loose warrior angels to go through his home right now to arrest any foul spirits that might be trying to linger and to take them off to Tartarus in Jesus' name. How you feeling right now? <laughs> Brother, what you want to do is just, uh, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Um. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I've asked for it, but I don't. I'm not sure. Well, it's it's one of the gifts, and um, it comes easier for some people than others. Some people don't have the gift; uh, they get other gifts. But um, it is a gift, and um, see what the door will do with you, for you. Just say, Father God. Father God. I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. I just ask that you would come in, Holy Spirit, and burn out any demons that are trying to reside in me. I ask that you just come in, Holy Spirit, and burn any demons that reside in me. I want them all, all the way out in the name of Jesus. 
I want them all the way out in the name of Jesus. Just fill me up, Holy Spirit. Just fill me up, Holy Spirit. And I'm asking God, you would just send the Holy Spirit right now to fill him up, fill up all voids. Just let the Holy Spirit fire fill him up in the name of Jesus right now. Well, just start praising God. Just, just say, you know, I, I praise you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I praise your holy name, Lord. Father God, I thank you for thank this you, brother Lord. tonight. Fill him up, Lord Jesus. Just fill him up to overflowing. Thank you, I Lord. just ask that your Holy Spirit fire just come in and burn out anything that would try to remain. In the name of Jesus Christ right now. I just cut off any roots that would, these demonic spirits might have to hang on inside. I just command any bands to be broken around his mind. Any demonic spirits that are trying to block the deliverance tonight, I just bind you and I command you to come out of him right now and loosen and let him go in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you, you foul spirits. It says where two or three are gathered that Jesus is in the midst and he's here tonight and he does the deliverance. And you wicked spirits have been defeated. I command you to come out right now. Loosen and let him go in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you. Be weakened right now in the name of Jesus Christ, you foul spirits. Everything that you've done to this brother, sevenfold recompense back in your head. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ and go to Tartarus. You wicked spirits, all the way out. You've got to go. Your time is up. I command you to come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Be weakened and come out in the name of Jesus. You're going to continue coming out. Yes, I praise you, Jesus. And anything that would try to stay in there, I just cage you up right now. I throw you in individual cages filled with the blood of Jesus. I ask God you to loose angels down right now to read the Word of God to these demonic spirits 24 hours a day, alternating song about the blood of Jesus and the old rugged cross. And I command you to be bound and gagged. You will not hurt him until you manifest and come up and out and you leave, and you go in, in deliverance in Jesus' name. Yes. I thank you, God, for what you started. We give you the praise, honor, and glory tonight. And I'm asking God for a miracle in his marriage that you would put this marriage back together. They're hanging on, God. They didn't take the easy route out, as many people do. They are fighting, God, and I'm, for the marriage, and I'm asking God that yes, you would bring healing to it, God. Bring his wife back, God. Give them restoration in their marriage, restoration in their finances. I'm asking God that you would show him very clearly what you'd have to do in these last days. Yes. Heal all the hurts, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And give him the strength to endure, God, whatever is in his pathway. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray right now. Amen. In your name, Jesus. Praise God. Well, you're going to make it. Um, the best advice I give anybody is the one I'm trying to follow myself, and that is stay in the Word of God every day. Excuse me. Um, get the Word of God. Let it pray over you. At, let it play over you at night. That brings a lot of peace to many people. And just keep taking authority over these things, and just keep binding them. Anything that would attack you, bind it in Jesus' name, and then command it to come out in the name of Jesus. And uh, any of these thoughts that would try to attack you, just rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. It says, you resist the devil, he shall flee. And uh, just you know, keep calling in. We'll keep praying with you. We're going to have um, a number of deliverance programs this week, so keep tuning in. And it's like uh, uh, an onion. God will peel back and layer. You'll get some deliverance. He'll show you something else. Maybe you didn't even thought about 
something maybe we need to repent of. And then you repent of that and command the demon to go, and you get more and more deliverance. And, um, you know, he won't, he won't give us all total deliverance. We probably couldn't take it if we got instant deliverance of everything. So he gives us deliverance of things that we can stay delivered of and we can, you know, maintain that territory that we've taken back from Satan. So I hope that's been of some help to you tonight, but uh, yes. God bless you for calling in. Thank you, brother. May the Lord richly bless you. And folks, uh, my time is uh, coming to an end on this live program, but if you are in the queue, I will try and pray with each and every one of you. Uh, remember, folks, we have a stereo stream, and so I'm going to continue over and over time on the stereo stream. And if you'd like to continue listening, all you need to do is just go to the free uh, stereo link, and uh, we're going to continue uh, to pray. I'm going to take just a quick break, and then I'll be back with you. And, again, I see three people hanging out on the queue. If you'd like to be prayed for, just get in the queue, and I'll, I'll pray with you. I think I can go one hour over and over time before the switchboard uh, goes completely down. So um, I try to get to each and every one of you. So I'm going to take just a quick break, and then we'll be right back, uh, and we'll continue on. All right, I'm just getting warmed up. And if you want to uh, tune into this program, go to the stereo stream now. The blog talk is about to drop. But uh, if you need prayer, get into the queue, and we'll take uh, your call one at a time. I've got five people, so if you'll be patient, we'll get to each and every one of you. Let's go to our next caller, caller area code 910. You're on the air. How can I help you? Yes. Um, Brother Shannon, I appreciate your bringing this topic up. Uh, my ex-husband, um, you mentioned the scenario of uh, the hardship tours over in uh Korea, and he had uh, uh, been assigned overseas and had gotten into, I believe, masturbation and that type of thing, and he he definitely came home filled with demons and then uh, eventually uh, took his toll, you know, on his mind, and he he, uh, deserted me and, you know, uh, basically just went downhill spiritually, and so... In any case, I, I do appreciate uh, your bringing this uh, to the forefront, and uh, and certainly your prayers with the with all of the callers. And I have also benefited from your ministry. Um, I just wanted to make one uh, quick comment. Um, you had mentioned about eschatology, and there, I would I was wondering if I could just give you three scriptures uh, for reference for future reference. Absolutely, sister. Okay. Uh, the first is Luke 21, 35 and 36. Uh, the second is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9. And the third is Revelation 3 and verse 10. And uh, if you care to, care to you know, research that, I have a website. It's uh, www.flwi.com. Dot org. That's for Fountains of Living Waters International. But I what do you personally? Talking. What do you personally believe? When do you think um, we get well, out of here? I had uh, when I was uh, about over about forty years ago. I had a vision as a young child. I wasn't even saved. God gave me a vision of the end of the world, um, but He also gave me a revelation um, about end times and uh, that the church those who are, are truly saved do not go through any of the seven-year tribulation. That's not to say we don't have, we won't be persecuted. It's not to say 
the United States is not certainly headed for a one world order and that type of thing. And there'll be much devastation even before we leave. But um, it, as I say, it's a it's a revelation that that I know that he gave me. And um, you know, I just to me it's it's a comfort and and that's part of my ministry to share that. But I certainly appreciate how God uses you and especially you and Pat, uh, Dr. Pat, with uh, with the deliverance, very powerful. Well, you know, I I respect everybody's opinion and I don't think anybody uh has a full understanding of the whole word of God. You know, we all look through a a glass darkly. It says soon we'll see face to face. Now even my own family we we differ upon uh opinions. Um my grandfather and I believe that we don't get out of here to the last trump, but if if we sit down at the table with my grandmother, she says, No, the Lord show me that uh there's gonna be fruit gatherings and you know there are even people right now that the Lord is taking home. Um you say, Wow uh, God is just, you know, plucking a lot of people out. You know, God um, knows all about it, and I, if I'm wrong, we just got out of here early. And listen, I would love to to know that I'm wrong about my belief, uh, because that would be good news to me. Honestly, <laughs> it would be great to get out of here early. Uh, by the same token, I prepare to endure till the end, and so if we don't get out of here, at least it's not going to catch me as a, as a surprise. And uh, I'll be ready to you know, endure until either I lose my head or I see the Lord return. But uh, we should be able to debate the Word of God and um, be able to rightly divide it and discuss it without ripping each other to shreds, as uh, many do out there. And especially if it's not a salvation issue, you know, um, I mean, hey, then uh, everybody's entitled to an opinion. And I think uh, as we get uh, further down the road, we're going to get a lot more answers, that's for sure. Right. But, uh, you're, you're certainly welcome to check out the website. It's flwi.org. And I do, as I say, I do definitely appreciate uh, the work you're doing because it's very needful. Well, you know what, and Sister, I appreciate you calling. I'd like to pray with you before you go. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, yes. Did you all end up going through divorce or you just separated right now? Uh, this was 14 years ago. My ex-husband filed for divorce and said that God had given him a different wife. He, you know, he got wow. mental, had lots of issues, um, and and you know, I'm hoping you know maybe he's getting some deliverance. But um, you know, God God has other other plans for me other than uh, any kind of reconciliation there. So. Okay. Do you have any area of uh, any special prayer request or need tonight? Uh, well, uh, the effect on my children of the divorce would be wonderful. I have three yes. uh, three grown sons, and uh, I know it affected them all uh, adversely. Absolutely, absolutely. I know it's um, it's something that hit my family, and um, many across America have been raised as uh, in divorced homes. It's sad. Uh, there's a lot of casualties there. Um, Father God, I just with my sister tonight, we lift up her children. God, you know the situation there, and I just loose ministering spirits to them in the name of Jesus Christ, because you said whatever we loose on earth being loosed in heaven, so we stand on that word. And I ask God that you would just heal the hurts, and you'd allow them to be able to forgive, and God, you would bring them uh, peace in the midst of all that has happened. And I ask God for uh, hedge of protection around this sister and her family, that you loose warrior angels for their protection 
a wall fire of the Holy Spirit, Zechariah 2 and 5. You bless them financially, that you would give them a clear direction on what you'd have them to do with the remaining time that we have down here, Father God, and just ask you to open up the right doors for her and close the wrong doors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you for calling in, sister. Thank you so much. God bless you. We're going to go to the next caller from area code 414. You're on the air. How can I help you tonight? Hi, Shannon. It's Dave. Hey, Dave. Um, I've got a couple of issues. Um, I work for Khazar Jews, and they are not Israel. They are from a tribe that was converted to Judaism, um, and they're nasty people. Uh, I have a hard time containing my anger. Well, they're nasty to me. It's, there's no reason for them to be nasty to me, but I'm having a hard time forgiving them, and I know that's not good. Um, now, these, uh, you say these are some people that uh, you work for, so they're, it's like your boss or a supervisor? Bosses. The whole family. It's a family of Khazar Jews. Now, when you say they're nasty to you, um, when you, you're working, do they uh, they don't treat you with any respect, or they just no. try to abuse you, or... Give me an example. Um, well, last night I'm a receptionist in a retail store, and uh, yeah. uh, I do my job well. I know my job well, and I work part-time. Um, the boss came up to relieve me because we were busy, and I thought that he wanted to stay open later, and he just yelled at me, you know, we're done, we're done. And I can't understand you when you talk. Um, he, oh, you know, well, he let me, can't be nice. Let me put it like this to you. I ask you a question. Now, you you have any Christian friends? Yes. People that call themselves Christians. Yeah. Well, have you met some that uh, are very nice and they they magnify Jesus Christ, and then some others that you know they do some things that they probably shouldn't do. Yeah. And you ask yourself, well, how can they call themselves a Christian? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not going to judge them. Uh, they probably are Christians, but, you know, we've got some things sometimes that we do that we need to repent of. Mm-hmm. And um, you could see two Christians. One's, uh, you know, is a, a perfect example of a way a Christian should be. You know, they love their neighbors as themselves. Um, very sweet spirit. You've got some others. You know, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. But now I can't. Um, say all Christians are the way that the, the person that is not being like they should is. That makes any sense. Uh, what you've got to avoid here is falling into the trap and, and equate that the, the problem you're having right now with your employer as being uh, it's a problem with all Jewish people. I, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, you've been treated very wrong and, and it turns out that they may be Khazar Jews, like you said, or that they are. But uh, don't be deceived into thinking, well, if if I'm being treated this way, then all Jewish people are that way. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I try not to. I have Jewish friends that aren't like that. So, well, um, okay, there's an example right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there are there are Jewish people involved in the New World Order. Okay, yeah. there are Christians involved in the New World Order. <laughs> they call mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my point is, is there's rotten apples in every race. Yeah. And so we've got to be very careful in being judgmental. And uh, saying, you know, well, you know, everybody is like that, you know, um, that comes from a particular ethnic background, because that's certainly not the truth. 
you know, one per, it only takes one person uh, to, to cause your, you know, your your whole assertion to fall apart, and then it yeah. becomes a gratuitous assertion. And by the rules of logic, any gratuitous assertion can be equally as gratuitously denied. But what I'm trying to say here is there's an anti-Semitic spirit that is raising up in America, and uh, before before you know it, we've got the same spirit that Hitler did. Yeah. And we've got to be very careful with regards to the Jewish people because that's God's apple of his eye. They're our brothers. We're part of the Commonwealth of Israel. We were grafted in, and we've got to bless Israel. I don't agree with their politics. I've been there twice, and they've got some wicked people. Mm-hmm. No different than over here. But uh, I've got some Jewish friends that would give their lives for me, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So um, what you've got to do is realize that it's a demonic spirit that is attacking you who are a believer. Yeah. Just so happens you work for some demonized people. Yeah, I know that. I, know uh, that. I think there's a lot of people out there listening. I've that, been praying uh, you know, for them. It may be a situation that they're uncomfortable. Maybe they've got a coworker that they've got to deal with every day uh, that's just you know totally um, evil. I know yeah. people that write me in and say they're working with witches and warlocks. Yeah. God forbid if I had to do that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you're... God puts you in a position so you can let your light shine. And they can look at you, and maybe, you know, they're trying to push all your buttons. Yeah. And then they, they scratch your head and look back, and they say, well, wait a minute, that didn't even phase him. What's up with him? What He's different. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to take God's grace to get through it. And, you know, if it's God's yeah. will for you to be there, God can give you the grace to endure it. He'll have you there for a reason. If not, you can do two things. You can ask God to open the door for you to get out of there and get a new position. Yeah. And or you can you can you know stand your ground and do some spiritual warfare. And what yes. I mean by that is I'll do it with you right now. I just in agreement with my brother here right now, Father God, and we just bind and cage those foul, wicked spirits. Yes, Lord. And these people in his job that are tormenting him, that are mistreating him, we just bind and cage those foul, wicked spirits. And I throw them in individual cages. I throw them in filled up with the blood of Jesus. And I ask God that you would drop the scales off of their eyes. Mm-hmm. Let the terror of the Lord fall on the foul spirits. Mm-hmm. And I ask God that you would soften their hearts and let them see the error of their ways before it's too late. Save their souls, Lord Jesus. We don't want anybody yes. to die and go to hell. Yes. And I'm asking God that you give this brother grace, that if you want him to be in this position, that you'll strengthen him to be able to remain. Otherwise, God, shut the door and get him out of there and get open up a new door. Yes, Lord. Please. I ask this right now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Shannon, this brings me... Keep praying for him. What else can I do for you? Okay. Um, Now, I've been delivered from psychotropic drugs, like you know, and uh, I'm still on government assistance. I get about $1,000 a month from them. I've been trying to find new employment. And I'm wondering, um, should I just give up the help? And uh, because it's actually, I'm living a lie still being on it because I'm not disabled. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you, God doesn't have a, a double standard. Um, we've got to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. Does it mean we've always done that? No. I've screwed up. Um, there are people that uh, call themselves Christians yet will knowingly cheat on their taxes. I'm talking doing something uh, something that's not truthful. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, let me just qualify something. The Supreme Court declared that it is your right to use anything inside the law to reduce the amount of uh, taxes you have to pay. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's illegal, 
and you found a legal loophole, well, praise God, use it. Mm-hmm. But when we when we lie or we cheat the system, then God can't bless us uh, because you know we're doing something dishonest. Now, yeah. with regards uh, to this particular situation, mm-hmm. I know some people that are on disability, and um, the way I understand it, um, some of them are allowed to work, but only X number of months a year, or they they can work, but they can't exceed X number of dollars in salary. Is that That's basically the plan? Case. Yeah. Okay. So you're in a situation where um, you've got some employment, and due to the job you got, it's going to cause you to make more than is allowable, right? No, um, I've stayed under the limits with my job, uh, but the fact is I'm not disabled anymore. And uh, for me to tell them I that I'm still on the medications and go along with them just to keep the uh, disability is a falsehood. I mean, I'm, I don't think I can be blessed. I'm really under conviction for this and plan to let them know tomorrow that uh, I'm I'm better and don't need the stuff. So uh, so basically, I'm, when they um, declared you as being disabled, it was due to some mental uh, health issues you were having, and they yes. put you on the psychotropic drugs. Yes. Okay. And do you believe the Lord has healed you? Yes. Well, then, brother, you have uh, you have an obligation to do what is right. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? By ch- choosing the high road. And doing what is right, God will bless you in the end. Okay. And He will provide for you. So, if um, if God has healed you and you no longer um, are disabled, mm-hmm. and they're asking you point blank, you know, I, my understanding is they review you periodically anyway. Yes. To, to see your situation, but yes. if you've been if you've been healed and delivered of that, then I would just be straight up. I would say. I got delivered. Praise God. I give Jesus Christ the, the glory and the honor. Mm-hmm. And um, and if that, if that means that they're not going to, to uh, continue to pay you, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was my conviction. I'd sent you an email on that, but I was already convicted. I, I did get that uh, about yesterday. I just mm-hmm. I was going to sit down and articulate it in an email and write it back, but I would have said the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're taking the high road. You're doing what's honest. We've been called to be honest. We've been mm-hmm. called to set a standard. Now, the world wouldn't agree with what I just told you. They would say, no, nah, man, you know, milk the system. Get yeah. all you can get. I got mine. You get yours. Yeah. But you know what? They'll stand before God and give an accounting. And I can tell you for some, uh, it's not worth losing eternity or reward yeah. um, for for some money down here. I mean, that stuff fades away. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's going to be hard. I've had a lot of fear about it, but uh, um, I think we're it's the right thing to do. Okay. We're, we're going to pray over that. Um, now, do you have you got full time job right now? No, it's only part time. So you're working there part time, um, and um, we're going to pray yeah. over that right now. Okay. So, Father God, I just lift up my brother here. I thank you, God, that he's a good, and godly man, and. He has a conscience. The Holy Spirit is working inside of him. He wants to do the right thing. God, you know his Mm -hmm. financial needs right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just lifting him up. I ask God that if it be your will for him to stay in this job, you would heal that situation between him and his employer. 
If not, God, open the door and get them out of there. Now, God, you know what his financial needs are. And so I'm asking you would supply them according to your riches and glory. I ask that you would loose heavenly angels to basically create favor with men and women, with employers, God, for a new job if that's what he needs. Yes. And you would meet his needs, Father God, financially. I unloose ministry spirits to him right now. I ask for a hedge of protection around him. Wallfire, Zechariah 2 and 5. I bind any spirit of fear, Thank any you, spirit Lord. of paranoia, any foul spirits that say you're not going to make it. Go ahead and lie. I bind you, you foul, wicked spirits, and loose him and let him go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Any tormenting spirits, I bind you. Any spirits that have tried to come back in and grip on his mind, I bind you to command you to come out. Mind binders, occult mind binding, end time mind control, religious mind control, we rebuke you. Loose him and let him go right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just loose you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We just pour yes, the blood Lord. of Jesus over him, and I ask God that you continue to give him favor and continue, God, to direct his paths in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shannon. God bless you, brother, for tuning in. Okay, God bless you. We're going to go to the next caller, area code 920. You're on the air. How are you? Hey, Shannon. Hey, Randy, how are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Good, good. Uh, things are going better. Uh, you got a little bit more peace on what to do with your move? Yeah. Um, yeah, I talked to our mutual friend, and, and uh, yeah, I got to, I, I got some peace. Praise you know, God. I, you know, I, I got I got a lot of peace. Uh, I sure did have to repent, you know, um, uh, for some things, you know, that, uh, that I said and thought. Um, you know what? We all have repenting to do. And um, praise God, um, you're able to repent. And then the Lord, hey, the Lord doesn't remember it no more. It's yeah. only the devil trying to, to, pull, to pull things up and throw it back up in our face. And you That's know what? It. It, um, David sinned greatly, but he was quick to repent. You know? Yep. Uh, or if um, he wasn't, God put some pressure on him, and he did. But the point I'm trying to make here is uh, the key is repentance. Uh, if the church had repented, uh, we would be in a, in a lot different shape than we are right now. But people hold on to unforgiveness. And then what that yeah, does, it sets us up not to be able to be forgiven. So praise God for that, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you did some great preaching tonight, man. Uh, you brought up a lot of good points. Peg and I sat and listened to it, you know. Uh, we sure do appreciate you, you know. And uh, the last brother that was on, if something ever happens, he's he's got a five-year window to uh, be able to get his disability back without any quorum from the government, you know. Um, Because, you know, I'm I'm on disability as well, which I'll be going off mine next month because of my job situation and because of my healing, you know. Uh, I think the program of disability is a good one. You know, it it helps people. 
And um, in the case of yourself and this other brother, you know, when you get into a, a situation where you get restored and then can come off and go back to work, uh, I, I respect men that will be honest and do the right thing. I, ha- I know other people, on the other hand, which uh, um, I just be straight up. I know a guy who faked his dis- faked his problem. He's got a cr- he had a uh, a crutch for a while and a neck brace, and mm-hmm. faked it, and got on disability. And he's as fit as the next guy, and works on the side. But the point of it is, is he milks the system. He takes the system, yeah. owes it to him. And you know he's living under a curse right there. God's not going to bless that type of brother. No, it's one thing no. to to be injured and receive help, but then when you get restored, God's able to provide income. Yes, sir. Um, I, I've got friends, and and I'll leave it at that, that are doing the same thing. Uh, I've got an older brother that, that uh, uh, has never worked a day in his life and is on disability, collecting it, and... Uh, 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 I, it's, uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be on it. You know, it's, it's going on out there. You know, is it worth it for some no. some dollars there to uh, jeopardize eternity? You know, and stand before the Lord and uh, be judged over that? It's not worth it at That's all. That's right. Folks. That's right. We're going to be judged on everything we do. You know, and and if we're uh, if we're wrong in something, then uh, you know. God's gonna. We're going to be held accountable for it. Somebody's got to set the standard, Randy, uh, and that's the the reason why we're in the shape we are here in America. People are willing to compromise what they know is the right thing to do. Um, and you know, you can't tell the Christian apart from the worldly because they act the same way. Well, I'll tell you, Shannon, our mutual friend. Uh, uh, we we were speaking tonight, uh, and he had been sick is why he had contacted me. Boy, I felt bad, you know. But uh, he was telling me that he was looking stuff up online tonight, and there are thousands of tent cities that are going up around the United States because people are being evicted out of their homes because they cannot pay their, their bills. You know, brother, there's almost no mercy out there right now. I heard that uh, over a million home foreclosures. I can't even fathom how many. That's a lot of houses. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, uh, we were talking tonight, and he said uh, Texas, for instance, uh, uh, down in Fort Worth, there's a whole street that is nothing but tent cities. Um, Los Angeles. It's happening all over the United States, and people just aren't. I, I don't know if their heads are in the sand, or 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 what the deal is that uh, nobody's understanding what's going on in our country today, you know, uh, or don't want to know. Um, especially our churches. America has been raped. Uh, it's been sold out, and uh, it's under judgment. Uh, we're in a terrible situation out there, and there's areas like Wichita, Kansas, where they have 600 churches, according to Pastor Dan Caitlin, and there's homeless people that have no place to sleep. The churches will not even open up their fellowship halls that are heated, and they're living under bridges, and they're dying. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's yeah. out there 
trying to help all that he can, and that's just one city. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, um, you, you think of how many churches are out there that have these big, huge places that they fellowship in. Not not the church itself. I'm talking about buildings behind it or beside it that, that they, they use it for nothing else but fellowship or their little dinners or their bingo halls, and they will not open them up to house people that are in need. You know, it, 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 it breaks my heart, my friend, you know? It breaks my heart. Well, you know, um, there are, again, people out there that uh, have no no family, no support structure, the widows, there's orphans, and those of us that are listening and maybe are in a situation where we can help, we need to do so or we're going to be held accountable. Yep. Uh, God That's works right. through his people out there. We're told to help the widows, the orphans, bless Israel, feed the poor, uh, because if we don't, then um, you know what? Why should God do anything for us when the hard times come? If you lend to the poor, it's as if you have lent to God and God will repay. That's, That's right. your best insurance policy to make it through the hard times that are coming. That's not right. not be the man that, you know, build an extra barn to hold more of his goods, saying, oh, so I've done well. Well, you know, his soul was required of him that day. Um, it's going to get bad here. And we've yeah. just seen the beginning. We haven't even seen the Depression yet. I mean, the Depression no. was where people were walking on foot from city to city looking for jobs. And they would make it from the border of one state to the next, and they'd have a sign there. It says, keep on walking, no jobs. Yeah. I mean, that was bad. People living in dust bowls. Yep. I mean, we haven't we haven't even seen the bottom yet. It's going to get really bad. I believe uh, cannibalism will break out. But, um, you know, God will protect that which is his. And um, whether he brings food by means of another brother, uh, he keeps what you've got from running out like you did with the widow woman. You know, when Elijah the Tishbite came by. And she baked that last uh, hoe cake for yep. the prophet. You know, and her her oil didn't run out in the cornmeal. Or if he has to drop it, air drop it from heaven, you know, angel food, he can do it. That's right. But, um, you know, uh, we got a better that's chance why, of making it if we're compassionate. That's why I'm really glad that God blessed me with this new job. It's going to pay quite a bit, and now uh, we're going to be able to help people, you know. We're going to be able to bless other ministries that are helping people. And uh, Peg and I are really excited about that right now. Um, What's the word say, uh, Randy? The word says God wants to bless people, and he'll bless you so that you may be able to abound every good work, that you may be able to help people with your bounty. That's the point. It's not to try to build a kingdom down here on this earth, because it's all going to pass away. Yep. It's I mean, to be in a position where you can minister to someone else uh, in their need. Go ahead. Well, you know, that's like we were talking about the other night, Shannon, that, uh, you know, you've you got to be able to help. Uh, you can't live extravagant. You know, you got to live within your means. And if God blesses you above your means, then you need to bless others. Because if you don't, you know, I, I, there were times that, my wife took the last of our of our money and said, "God told me to give it to this person," and and uh, 
you know, at first I would get angry because it was like, hey, Peg, it's our last of our, you know, money. But uh, you know what? If God told her to do it, then then she did it. And, and you know, uh, we were blessed for that later on. And if we weren't blessed for it later on, God knows everything that we do. So uh, I'd rather have the blessings in heaven than here. You know? Amen. Um, <clears throat> there's no doubt about it. God keeps good books. Don't be um, mistaken on that matter. God has perfect accounting records. Everything that you've done has been noted. I believe we have angelic scribes, each of us, that are basically writing everything that you're doing. Uh, however, the means is that God uses to capture uh, your life in its entirety and, and the good and bad that you did. Um, when you do good, believe me, he takes notice. And it says, give it, it should be given unto you. That's right. And, you know, um, maybe we don't get to eat a, a steak dinner every night. But you know what, I'll tell you, beans and rice is going to taste very good in hard times. You know, when I, when I went overseas here recently, that's a staple over there. We really don't know what beans and rice is here in America. You've eaten beans and rice before, haven't you, Randy? Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, most of us eat at fast food restaurants. But, and funny enough, at McDonald's in um, Costa Rica, you go down there and your breakfast, they got a big breakfast, you know? Down here it's scrambled eggs, sausage, and an English muffin. Uh-huh. And, and a uh, and a uh, potato cake. Over there they have rice and beans. They throw in there, too. It's called gallo pinto. A little bit of humor. But, no, my point is um, we'll be thankful to put something in our mouth, even if it was just a piece of bread with where we're going. The government even knows that something's getting ready to happen. Now, I had a friend uh, who works with the government call me today. Um, he's with uh, one of the big agencies, and he told me. He sent me some information to look at. It's in the public domain. Okay, it's not top secret, but he said, you need to look at this because uh, there's an order that has just went in. Homeland Security has put in an order for basically 7 million um, mills packages ready to eat. Really? In a time of crises, they know something is getting ready to hit. And it was uh, it was tied into uh, what they believe is going to be an earthquake along the uh, the fault line there. Uh, it's going to run up from Louisiana up, I guess, into um, right on up to Canada. You know. Anyway, my point is, is um, the government knows what time it is, and they have a contingency plan for them and the elite. Much of this stuff is went underground in the bunkers, alpine food, mountain house foods. You know, we're running around the clock. When I looked at it back in 2005. And now I'm hearing the same rumors again. They're cranking out production because the government knows that crises is coming. Well, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there other than to say, you know, when you can't get food at the local Publix or Kroger or wherever you shop at, as you're used to, or you get there and the shelves are wiped out, and you say, well, wait a minute, man, I don't have more than a week's supply of food. You might be thankful that in the better times you put back uh, a bag of rice and beans. And, you know, there's people out there that drop 25 bucks, you know, just going out to dinner or a movie, whatever you're doing. Wow. You can buy a bag of rice that would keep you alive for months. Yep. And there's people right now that would do anything for some rice and beans. People ask me, what, what should I do? I say, hey, prepare to the best of your ability because there may be someone that show up on your door and you can witness to them by giving them some food and they see that you love them 
enough to share. Okay? That's right. And, uh, you know, hey, do what you can do, having done all stand. Yep, that's you why Peg and I You can't prepare are, for every contingency. Go ahead. That's why we're blessed that, uh, that we were able to get the house we got in Pennsylvania. You know, uh, it sits on 50 acres, you know. That's a lot of room to help a lot of people. Put up a lot of tips over there. That's right, in case a lot, in case something happens, you know. My grandmother's I mean, had visions, Randy, of uh, local churches, and it got so bad that their congregation was showing up and they had pup tents strung all over on the church grounds. Wow. It's coming to that. Yeah, I know. And I hope that they're going to a church that will allow them to do that, won't kick them out. But uh, we're going to see some crises here before it gets any better. Yeah, yeah, yep. I'm going to let you get to your next callers, uh, bro. God bless you, man. Um, Keep me apprised, and I got that book going out to you tomorrow. Are you uh, uh, are you going to be available after the show? Give me a call. If I'm still up, I'll take your call. Okay. Uh, what time you end in eleven? Uh, depends. <laughs> We're on oh, live okay. stream. It could go all night now. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. God I'll, bless you, brother. Call, God bless you. I'll call you about midnight. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Folks, that was uh, Randy. Let's go to our next caller. Uh, 916 area code. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm taking one day at a time with Jesus. Or as my <laughs> grandmother says, me and Jesus are doing all right. Amen, amen. This is Brother Lars. Hey, Lars. How are we doing hey, today? Did, you just want, wanted to thank I, you for uh, this week. It's been great uh, just listening to your uh, your uh, pastors that have been on this week and uh, just getting better insight on how to uh, do uh, better deliverances and uh, just using sound wisdom. Well, praise God. Did you bring your show for? Absolutely. Could, would you, would you, um, hour, hour and a half. Would you lift up some praise? Oh, yes. Father, Would we just praise for? you. Praise we, just, uh, we just magnify your name, Yahweh, and we just thank you yes, for uh, just touching thank everybody you, that uh, continue listening. Touch their homes. Yes. Uh, touch those that uh, that have listened before. Just touch just touch people in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Jesus, Yeshua. Shannon to you right now, Father God, and just touch him right now with your mighty right hand, Lord, and his family, Lord, and just uh, his wife. We just thank you for all the blessings that you're doing in him, around him, and, and just continue to increase your presence, increase your glory, increase your thunder, increase your lightning, so that great, great, greater things will happen, not just now, but in, in the days ahead. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, Hallelujah. Lord, I tell you, I'm going to join you uh, by blowing my shofar very soon. Do you have any advice on how to clean it out? <laughs> um, yes, uh, peroxide. Uh, just get a um, you know a little a mix of uh, peroxide with some warm water and mix it good. Not real strong, and just let it sit in there and just uh, you know rinse, rinse it out. Uh, but uh, I kind of like I kind of like the smell. It makes you feel like you're you know you're actually doing some work for the Lord. <laughs> well, but, I, you, I know you've been to Israel what four times. Four times, yes, I have. I just got back in um, 
May, and I got to go with a ministry group um, with a retired IDF general. That is, he's 88 years old and just an wow. awesome man of God. It was like being with Moses. And um, I got the honor of taking the uh, shofar that I have that I got at a synagogue in Sacramento and took it to Israel. And this was the first time that I could actually say that the people uh, accepted me. And uh, they asked me, you know, to pray with them, uh, to blow the shofar louder, and it was uh, just a real joy. Man, praise God. Uh, I had the uh, pleasure and honor to go twice. I went in uh, 2006. I went over with Brother Al Cuppet, a good friend of mine, and I took my um, my brother Cameron and um, a good friend, Mike Anderson. Uh, no, excuse me, he went to Africa. With, I'm sorry, he didn't go. It was just uh, Cameron and Al Cuppet and I. Uh, we went anyway, went to uh, Jerusalem, and i tell you something, Lars, my mission was to do two things. I wanted to go over and see Golgotha, the right. place of the skull, uh, as they call it, Gordon's Calvary, not where the, the Catholic Church believed Jesus was crucified, but Gordon's Calvary, and uh, I wanted to get up on the Temple Mount. And uh, yeah. I have been told that uh, the Temple Mount, depending on when you went there, it may be closed and off limits. You know, they were having uh, so many problems with the Muslims that... Uh, have the mosque up there, you know, and of course uh, the mount is controlled by, I believe, the Jordanian um, royal police or whatever you call them. But anyway, I got up there, and then I find out, you know, they're only open certain hours, and I said it would be a shame to make it all the way to Israel, not make it up there. Well, praise God, we got up there, and um, I think it was a Tuesday morning, we got over to the Temple Mount area where the welling wall was, and when I was there in 2006, they had this... Um, kind of a walkway covered it was like a wooden walkway with a, a covered top that kind of snaked up to the top of the mound and uh, me and my brother we went up I couldn't find the entrance first of all they had all these construction walls and uh, I ended up pulling back one of these and looked in <laughs> to a guy with uh, <laughs> some police with I guess Uzis and uh, I said oh wrong, wrong way they kind of smiled I went back and I finally found a little turnstile where you had to go up and go past this Jordanian guard, and he smiled at me. And uh, anyway, he let me go through. And I said, "Right." I said, "I'm on the home stretch now." I went up this tunnel platform to the top, and I got up there, and there was like nobody there. And mm-hmm. I saw this guy walking in the distance from the other side of the mount, and he turned out to be a Palestinian. And I said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go get him and use him as my guide because." I figure if there's any places off limits, I got a better chance of getting there with this guy. Amen. And so he came up to me, and uh, you know, I hired him for the day, and you know, he was trying to give me uh, his version, and kept right. talking about Salomon, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to give me the Arab history of you know when they took it over. But I said, no, I don't want any of that. I want to, I want to go over here and there. And anyway, I remember watching a Michael Rood video. And uh, where he talked about being up on the Temple Mount, and uh, according to his calculations, Solomon's Temple is not where the mosque is. It's actually <laughs> over to the other side where the Dome of the right. Spirit is, you know? So, right, right. And you, you've seen the video where he talked about where he believes that they had a uh, uh, sand hydraulic system that would drop the, the ark down into the Temple Mount? Exactly. So... Having watched that, I made my way over and I saw this little gazebo. It's called, I think it's called the Dome of the Spirit, isn't it? Exactly, that little uh, round kind of, yeah. 
That's and the that, Holy of Holies. That piece is supposed to be the Holy of Holies, and I believe it exactly. was. And I actually, I did something maybe I wasn't supposed to do. I jumped into the middle of the gazebo, oh, and I've got a picture standing right on the um, the platform where the Holy of Holies was. <laughs> where supposedly <laughs> underneath that is where the Ark of the Covenant was lowered down into the cave system. Now, exactly, I went up there, and um, you know they wouldn't let me go into the dome. Probably a good idea that I didn't go in there either. I hear that that place has uh, got a lot of demons inside. But, um, you know, I was uh, honored to do that. And then I went over and I went over to Golgotha and I went into the the tomb. And uh, sure enough, I looked up there and uh, I wanted to get as close as I could to the, the place of the skull. And as you know, they've got an Arab parking lot down there. Right, the, the taxi place. And so I went down there, and they had all these, like, greyhound busts. And, you know, I had to step over crap, dog crap. You know, yeah. the Arabs would get out there, and they'll take a crap, excuse my language, right there in front of where our Savior was crucified. They yes. have no problem desecrating it. Yes. And I've got pictures of this. They have no respect whatsoever. And so uh, I, I jumped over that, and I made it up to the, the railing. And uh, I praise God that I got to go there. Well, where I'm going with this is we went over into the Jewish quarter of the old city. And uh, I went into a, a shop, and it was run by a Jewish brother who um, had the little shofars and the large size ones and had some other cool stuff. I had him mm-hmm. write my name in Hebrew, and uh, it was funny. I was asking him about the little shofar, and he said, I'm going to demonstrate it for you. So he went to blow it. And when he did, a Orthodox Jew was walking along the street. I think he was probably Hasidic. He had the, the, the curly hair. Right. He was so excited and rejoicing when he heard the sound <laughs> that he ran in and tried to grab it out of his hand. He wanted to blow it. He got excited. Amen. <laughs> I praise God. Amen. That, that wakens their spirit. So me and my brother, we got two big shofars. And we oh, were yeah. staying at the Dan Panorama Hotel, which was, um, it's not the King David, you know, the, the nice one, but I mean, right. $500 a night, but but it was still a nice hotel, and oh, yeah. um, over there on the Sabbath, which starts sun, excuse me, Friday sundown, you know, we, we had to um, get in those special Sabbath elevators, you know, and take your time, get up to the, the room. And anyway, it was funny is uh, we opened up the windows and we took our chauffeur and, and blew like maniacs outside of the the window. <laughs> wow! Uh, Amen. There was no greater feeling, folks, than to be in God's city. And to blow the shofar, and so uh, it's just, it was an honor and a privilege. Even if I never get to go back um, until the new millennium, um, we did that. And then I came back one more time and did uh, 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 Israel in 2007. Went over to uh, the Haifa area in the Sea of Galilee and uh, got a chance to be baptized in the Jordan River. And um, you know, listen, folks, I would move over there in a split second if they would let me stay over there. Uh. Uh, incredible over there. I mean, even our company says, I know this little place outside of the city, and there's a, there's a stream, and, you know, we could put some tents out there and just uh, camp by the river and catch fish. <laughs> oh, amen, amen. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've been seeking the Lord about going back uh, in, in May, uh, this this coming May, to uh, take my shofar, and I really feel like he wants me to do a uh, exodus at the border of Egypt and walk uh, to Gaza as uh, wow. the men of Nineveh, and do a uh, kind of a clarion call. Um, God has blessed me to be able to go to, to the Muslims, and, you know, I've been able to go into mosques 
and uh, wow. uh, just incredible blessings. Uh, uh, the coffee shop that I go to, the Muslims come in, and then they brought their sheik imam from Jordan into the coffee shop where I live and got to meet him. His name is Muhammad, and um, this went on for months. And um, But just really, uh, he's the Lord has opened up uh, just the hardest gate to get in is the Jerusalem gate. And I, well, I, I would uh, encourage our listeners to go to a synagogue and, and find out where you're at with the Lord because you will find out a lot of interesting things when you go there. But um, I got kicked out after going for a while, but uh, I got to speak with a rabbi, and then he said you could come back, but just don't use the J word, and I don't. I use Yeshua, HaMashiach. So uh, three which days is, later... Uh, which is Jesus' Hebrew name. Jesus Christ. Folks. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And um, so um, uh, the Monday following the Friday of, of talking with the rabbi, uh, the yes. Lord woke, woke me up at 540, and he said, Acts 540. And I went to 540, and it said that when they left the Sanhedrin, uh, they were told not to use the name of Jesus Christ. And then verse 41 says, and they left rejoicing because being counted uh, dis- disgrace for the namesake. And so yes. I actually was able to go back to that synagogue as a Christian in their flyer to talk to them about the trips that I have done to Africa and to Israel. So I got, I've been blessed, and I would have just encouraged the les- listeners to go to where Yeshua went, Jesus Christ. He went... You know, Amen. first the Jews, then the Gentiles. But um, so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm praying, Arn. I love the Jewish people. I love the Muslim people. Uh, in fact, Amen. that same tour guide that I had, okay, sometimes I, uh, I, you know, I get angry, and I am angry when people steal God's land from Israel Amen. that he gave them. But I, I will tell you that, um, you know, we need to pray for the Muslim people. We need to pray for the Jewish people who don't know the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen. And... Um, that same tour guide that I had, I ended up taking him with me to a probably a place that um, the Arabs were not allowed, but they weren't going to say much to me being a tourist, and uh, he was you know, with me. I took him in there, set him down in a restaurant, and I, I fed him. And he looked at me strange, and praise the Jews God. looked at me strange, and I said, you know, praise God. And I, I tried to uh, witness to this brother. And, you know, we got to love each other out there. and uh, Because, Amen. listen, time is winding up for us all. And we're going to be in eternity. We don't want anybody to miss out and go to hell. Not at all. Shannon, uh, I, I wanted a prayer request, uh, too. Uh, one for the skin condition I've had since 1962, which is the, the psoriasis that I've mentioned to you. And it's, it, it's doing a lot better, um, but I, I'm just ready for this thing to be gone. And I've prayed, you know, I can remember when I was a kid, you know, I'd ask the Lord, if, you know, if you love me when I wake up, you know, you'll be gone. And I remember eight, seven, eight years old waking up and just you know, looking and going, oh, my gosh, you know, God doesn't love me. And that's a whole other topic. But that is a prayer request. When you request. went to a dermatologist, what did, did they give it a name? Yeah, it's uh, psoriasis. Do they call, it's, it's psoriasis, not shingles, is it? No, no, it's, it's psoriasis, yeah. And it's, okay. Uh, right now, I've, I would say it's probably in my, in the effective in my body is maybe less than, you know, 2%. Um, there's little spots here and there. But, uh, but I've had it since I was 2, 48 years, and I used to have it really bad. And well, the other you have it mainly uh, on the on the scalp, or what part of your body? My legs. Okay. It's uh, just really on the legs, and um, and then I'm just praying. Uh, I'm a born again. Uh, let's see, seven years, twenty three days walking with Yahweh. I'm a born again virgin, and uh, I'm really proud of that. And uh, but you know, listening to your show, and you know, I've been uh, just patiently waiting for my wife. I got divorced in 2002. I wasn't right with God. And uh, so we, we divorced. She divorced me after two years, and um, 
had some prophecies about her coming back to me, but I, I want God to bring the wife that he has for me. Amen. And uh, I've been, uh, uh, a year and a half ago, he told me, you know, how's your dating life going? And I go, well, not well, not very well. And he says, you got to do it my way. He says, no kissing, no holding hands, nothing. So I basically haven't been on a date for a year and a half. Wow. So, um, yeah, and I, I'm a born-again vir- virgin. Um, Praise you know, God. I'm, you know, don't have... Uh, the, you know the, the thoughts and stuff, and that's uh, something that you know. Listen hey, to your show, be a man. If you if you didn't, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but uh, you know what? God's able to put you with the right uh, Christian lady, and it's important to be Amen. equally yoked out there, folks. Because if you go <clears throat> and choose them uh, based on you know the way they look or social status or whatever it is that attracts you to them, uh, or you're just in lust, you know, basically you can find yourself married and uh, miserable. And of course, you know, right. God can honor that, and uh, but it is better to let God choose the mate. Otherwise, we find ourselves unequal yoked many times. I know I found myself in that situation. I didn't do it God's way. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, brother. We'll, we'll pray for that right now, both of those. And um, uh, also, I would recommend, um, this just came to me as you were, you were mentioning that to me, have you ever tried ozonated olive oil? Uh, what's it called, ozonated? Uh Ozonated. Uh, basically, they take um, really high-grade virgin olive oil, and they pump okay. ozone into it. Oh, I haven't done that. Okay. Yeah, it's called ozone, O-Z-O-N-E, ozonated. Right. Or ozonated, I can't pronounce it right, olive oil. Okay. I would take some of that also and uh, rub it into your legs. Right. Um, but we're going to pray for that. Uh, and God, yes. God, God can use his herbs to heal you, too. Uh, you know, he created the herbs, and so um, Satan has tried to pervert it. And the witches claim, you know, the herbs. Remember the bomb of Gilead, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, do you remember um, uh, the the one man in the Old Testament uh, who was told to go get a poultice? Correct, fig. Of uh, figs? Yeah, I think it was fig poultice. Absolutely. So, you know, God created olive oil. It has healing properties, but when you add ozone to it, which is O3 molecule, um, there's a lot of people, for example, with diabetes. And what they found out is if you'll take a bread bag, as they call them, you know, like the old Wonder Bag bread, right. and you take uh, ozone and you pump it into the um, to the area of the leg, which uh, is not getting circulation, even some people have had gangrene, what the ozone did is it went in there and oxygenated the tissue, and it killed the bacteria, and they saved the leg. Amen. And that's something God created. It just came to me. Um, Amen. Another thing uh, you can also do is you can get a uh, a mixture of that along with colloidal silver salve. Okay. And I've uh, I've had like a, like a skin fungus one time, and uh, I rubbed the colloidal silver into it, and it and it killed it. So uh, that's just something that came to mind. But we're going to pray. Uh, Father God, I just lift up my brother Lars right now, along with the believers out there stretching forward their faith. We lift up this situation with the psoriasis. If this is caused by a demonic spirit, we're going to take care of that right now. I bind any spirit of infirmity, any foul, wicked spirits that are linked to that psoriasis. We bind you and command you to come out of him right now in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and loose him and let him go. Lord, rebuke you. Any foul spirits inside of ours, we just bind you, command you to come out right now. Bind the strong man, and I bind any spirits of infirmity, anything linked to the rashes, the eczema, the psoriasis, any disorders of the skin. We bind you, command you to loose yourself and let him go. 
continue to torture us right now in Jesus Christ, Yeshua's name. I just lose the healing power of God, apply the oil of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, to your skin, and I ask God that you would just heal him right now. We command your body to conform to the Word of God. It says, through its stripes, yes, we are healed. So be healed right now. Let the skin yes, be restored like a baby's skin in the name Hallelujah. of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, right now. And God, I lift up this issue of um, a mate. The Lord has made the decision to seek you, Father God, for favor, that you would send him a godly woman, spirit-filled woman, a prayer warrior woman, and we're yes, asking Lord. God that you create favor right now with yes, the right Lord. woman, and you put her in his path, and you confirm it to him, God, because man was not created to live alone. And we thank you, Father God, that there are godly mates out there, and that uh, you can send us the right one, God, if we'll seek you first. So I'm asking for uh, favor in that area. Bless his finances. And we ask all these things, Father, Jehovah God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friend, thank you, thank you, and uh, um, I will uh, get you next time. God bless you, Lars. Uh, hopefully when you call next time, I'll have my chauffeur out. Amen. I'm ready. Let me give you Amen. one more shout out here. Amen. Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. And I'll tell you, it would be kind of cool if you could make it down to Jericho and walk oh, around the woods. I heard they discovered that recently. Amen. Amen. All right. You have a great day, sir. God bless you. God bless you. That was Lars calling in. And, folks, um, my time is about up for tonight. We've been going strong since 7 p.m. Now, the first three hours, blog talk captures, but uh, this additional hour, I'm going to try to um, upload it. I've got it saved on MP3. And I just want to thank everybody that was uh, tuning in tonight. Uh, may the Lord richly bless you. Let me make a couple announcements. Tomorrow night, I'll have uh, John Franklin on, and uh, we'll be doing our program at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have James Mobley on Wednesday night. Tuesday and Thursday, I'm scheduled to do a program. Now, I'm going to be on the road, but I'm going to do my best to do the program. And uh, if not, I'll play a pre-recorded on Tuesday. Um, what is going on this week is there are two deliverance conferences going on. Bob Larson is going to be in Atlanta and also Nashville and a different place across the country. Uh, I would like to go through and sit in one of the services and meet him. I'm intrigued by their ministry. I don't agree with everything that they they do, but uh, certainly they're seeing some fruit. So I thought I would like to check that out. But really what I'm doing is I'm planning, God willing, to be at Hagawish for the men's conference that will be Thursday through Sunday. If any of you are in that vicinity, or can want to drive there, go to hbcdelivers.org, and there will be a men's deliverance conference in Highland, Indiana, Hegelist Church, home of Lynn Worley, and there's going to be some great speakers there. This will be the men's conference. They have various conferences throughout the year, family workshops. Um, I'm going to try to be there, God willing, uh, for that weekend. You can go up there and get some hands-on deliverance, meet some great friends, mass deliverance service Saturday night. And, um, you know, connect with some like-minded people. But uh, I will be doing the program this week, maybe from the road even. Uh, but we'll get it done. Get it done, as they say. <laughs> and uh, all these programs are available in the archives, blogtalkradio.com slash omegamanradio.rss. Uh, again, James Mobley, Michael Thayer on this week, John Gogan, John Franklin, John Kyle, 
And I've started the second channel, which I'll give you more details on soon. We're going to be doing additional shows every day, and we'll bring on other guests. We've got a lot of new people that we're going to be bringing in. Shouts out to Dr. Pat Holliday. Check out MiracleInternetChurch.com, PatHolliday.com, WRWPublications.com. You can contact me on Facebook at Omega Man Radio, and uh, my website being OmegaManRadio.com. Uh, we do need your help to continue. If you'd like to support us, there's a donate link on the MegamanRadio.com website. And we're going to go as far as uh, we're able to go and uh, continue to preach the full gospel message. God bless everybody tonight.